What's up, my dudes? It's a vigorous Q&A again. I lost my voice a little bit because I just went to the Cheesecake Factory here in Thailand and the music was pretty loud and I was with a big group of people. So if my voice sounds a little bit raspy, my sincere apologies. We had a blast. Uh, so let's just dive in right into the first question from Alvaro. Uh, how was uh, how was the Cheesecake Factory? Uh, will we see Permabulk Steve soon? So no, I will not be joining the Permabulk team. Um, I'm happy being around 200 pounds, uh, let's say 92, 93 kilos at the moment. Um, and if I do go out for a cheat meal, it's once per week. So uh, I will not be joining the, the Permabulk crew, but I will be sure to uh, go to Cheesecake Factory here and there. And you know what? The general manager is part of the vigorous crew too so um you know that he came over after a while say hey vigor steve I said, yes and he recognized my wife so it was pretty cool we didn't get any discounts though but maybe i can get a vigorous discount uh code going and get 10 percent off uh, the cheesecake factory right fingers crossed i don't think it's going to happen but it would be freaking cool um cheesecake factory in thailand is cheaper than the united states it tastes exactly the same i think it's about say 10 15 percent cheaper depending on the dish uh, it saves a couple dollars and uh, that also means that uh, besides the you know obligatory 15 percent 22 percent tip that you have in the united states uh, here the service charge is only uh, 10 percent plus seven percent vat so towards the uh, bottom end uh, you know you're probably uh, paying the, the lowest amount of tip you would otherwise pay in the United States. The bill for 13 people was very, very, very affordable. I uh, recorded the whole thing, but I, going through the footage just now, it looks a little bit emotional. Man, it's hot in here though. <laughs> so these carbs, <laughs> I gotta make sure that my fan is uh, going well. You guys can hear me okay? Bronson, let me know if the audio is okay. I was uh, stressed out a little bit. It got so much shit going on. So much, oh, I'm not recording either. Oh no. All right, let me record. Okay, on Audacity. Good. <laughs> Forgot to do that. All right, let's see. Uh, so yeah, Cheesecake Factory in Thailand is uh, Vigor Steve approved. It was a lot of fun. Um, everything tastes good. I feel a little bit nauseous after that big fat cheesecake that I had to finish by myself. Uh, but all in all, it was a good day out with the boys and all of the wives and girlfriends. All right, let's move over to the next question. Alvaro also asks... Uh, what are some supplements and their extract ratios? Example, 600 milligram berberine at 15 to 1, claiming it's equivalent to 9 gram berberine. Um, I'm not sure off the top of my head, but usually they claim, you know, a certain percentage of um, a compound XYZ, which I usually mention on the label. So we can take torquestrone as an example. Right, uh, Derek made that torquestrone, um, what is it, cyclo hydro i don't know some sort of complex version and are 500 milligrams per capsule but it's a 10 percent extract so even though it's turgesterone extract it's only 10 percent of the actual capsule the rest is um basically that uh, you know method of improved delivery so that's 10 percent. so you get 50 milligrams 50 milligrams turgesterone for um every 500 milligram capsule that you take and it's usually specified on the bottle so um you know usually we say if you take berberine it's uh, 500 milligrams that's generally speaking what most of the supplements contain but it might be in a, you know a 15 to 1 ratio of the i don't know whatever is contained within i can't even remember what it's called um it's probably berberinocide or something <laughs> what is it called again but it, it's going to um it's going to vary from uh you know 
from uh, from compound to compound. Let's see if berberine actually has something inside of there that has a different. I think berberine was the active ingredient. Actually, there's several ingredients in there. Okay. Well, worthy of some additional research. So usually you specify it at the end of the bottle or the, at the back of the bottle, and uh, then you have to roll with that, right? But uh, most of the time you just go with capsule size. So if you take 500 milligrams of berberine, it's 500 milligrams of berberine, just like you take uh, 250 milligrams of testosterone and anthates, even though that's only, uh, what is it, 72, 75% actual testosterone. So the, the testosterone extract of testosterone anthates is a lower percentage. Next one, Sonder van den Bent uh, asks, thoughts on rowing for cardio? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, you can do any kinds of cardio. It just matters that you have to do some sort of activity, right? So if you're moving, your heart rate is going up, you are getting a little bit of sweaty and, and you know, holding a conversation is a little bit more difficult. Then your metabolic rate is up. You might have some increased fat oxidation or glucose oxidation. And, um, you know, it, it kind of depends on if you enjoy the cardio and if you can recover for, from it the next day. So if you're doing rowing every single day and your back is mad sore, then it might be time to switch to walking for a while, or maybe you alternate between walking and rowing, or you do the elliptical and the Stairmaster, right? I mean, cardio is cardio. It doesn't really matter what you do. It's about the duration, intensity, and, and you know your uh, heart rate while you're doing it. And whatever kind of cardio you prefer to do is uh, just that. So my wife likes, uh, you know, a little bit of jogging and I prefer the elliptical, right? Or sometimes the Stairmaster, um, but not every single day because then my knees turn to, um, yeah, spaghetti, basically. All right, next one. Darius, uh, thoughts on gabapentin off-label use for sleep? I'm not against it. I mean, once in a while, it's okay. I mean, the weird thing is gabapentin is, is it doesn't interact with the GABA receptors, not the GABA-A receptor that regular over-the-counter, uh, you know, a GABA, the supplementation interacts with, or some of the, you know, GABA, uh, a, a, and GABA-A receptor agonist medications. Uh, gabapentin, I think it interacts with the NMDA, blocking it. I'd, I have to do some research. It's been a while since I did that deep sleep deep dive. Um, but yeah, but gabapentin doesn't interact with the GABA receptors, uh, from what I can remember. It interacts with some other uh, receptors and has similar sedating effects. So I think it's called a GABA analog, something like that. Yeah, so uh, off-label use, I'm not against it, but I wouldn't do it every day. Um, just like with all hardcore sleep aids, I mean, gabapentin is a medication. Um, so like with GABA, for example, or Fenabot, you can buy that over the counter. Fenabot, not really anymore. Some countries you can buy it over the counter. Uh, some uh, countries you can't, right? Some countries it's classified as a medication. So, you know, you have GABA, GABAPentin, and Fenabot, and GHB, <laughs> to a certain extent. Um, yeah, so uh, all, uh, you know, should be able to help you fall asleep, albeit that I don't think that GHB is a suitable sleep aid. Um, so, you know, and, and do the high dose uh, progesterone supplementation, like 50 to 100 milligrams, that kind of feels like a high dose of gabapentin or a high dose while well, sleeping inducing dose of GHB. You feel quite sedated and uh, pretty uh, funky. Um, so, I, you know, I would... Uh, kind of rotate through the sleep aids, you know, 
um, but, but training balls to the wall uh, during the day and, and omitting the the caffeine at let's say not uh, later than 4 p.m that already helps a lot for a lot of people right don't do what i do when you take a gorilla mode um, or gorilla mind respawn an hour before you go live and then uh, you have only five hours to metabolize it before you go to bed that's not really a good idea so i'm on the uh, the uppers to respawn and then the downers the gorilla mind dream after i'm done with this uh, live stream <clears throat> Oh man, my voice is already messed up. Sorry, guys. All right, Darius asks uh, thoughts on handling uh, folliculitis. I always seem to get pimples from uh, due to ingrown hair, no matter what I do when I shave. It's worse on my traps, ass, hamstrings, and chest. Get a Phillips one blade so you don't cut the the hairs all the way down to the skin. You leave a little bit so you have like half a millimeter that the skin is still growing out of your skin or that the hair is still growing out of your screen. And then it doesn't grow in. So, you know, I, I used to shave here once in a while and then I would get the same thing, especially on my hamstrings, uh, probably because you sit on it the entire day. And, um, you know, so I would go get these ingrown hairs and then, you know, you have to do all kinds of acrobatic moves with a you know some sort of needle and to kind of whip out those ingrown hairs from the little uh yeah ingrown uh, bullshit like it looks like a pimple but it's actually just an infection so you have to just stab it in there and then whip out the hair pull it out and then you know it will kind of heal over time but it's it's a very common occurrence occurrence those ingrown hairs on bodybuilders uh, after they shave so I would always tell people just to get a one blade, Philips one blade, or, um, you know, use the discount code from Forabia to get uh, that other uh, thing. What is it called? Um, Manscape, right? Get that one. I use a Philips one blade. Um, it works just fine, and I never get ingrown hairs. So I would omit the shaving unless you step on stage. And if you do step on stage, then you'll have to shave like three times a week to kind of let your skin get used to it. And then if you do shave your hamstrings, um, yeah, I don't think there's a way around it besides not really sitting on your hamstrings all the time where it, it, yeah, it just keeps growing properly. So don't sit down too much, which is difficult when you're in contest prep because you're kind of tired. Rucker asks, any benefits using Grillamine Sigma with 25 milligrams in clomiphene? Um, well, the Fedosia agrestis uh, can increase LH secretion, right? But enclomiphene does that also. Um, and I would say that enclomiphene is probably more beneficial than Grillamine Sigma regarding testosterone uh, increases. That's why hormone replacement therapy clinics like Merrick Health, for example, under uh, proper guidance, if needed, if warranted, after doing blood work and discussing this with a doctor, uh, will prescribe enclomiphene and not <laughs> Grillamine Sigma. But Grillamine Sigma will still work. If you have a functioning HPTA that's uh, totally fine and your testosterone levels are uh, pretty good, your LH and FSH levels are nice, then I think Gorillamon Sigma can take that to the next level, but Encomophene uh, can probably bring it up higher. Now, uh, with Gorillamon Sigma, the evidence is uh, a lot more in your favor compared to Encomophene, because Encomophene, there's not so much scientific literature, whereas most of the ingredients of Gorillamon Sigma, uh, there's plenty of research you can do on them. 
and within clomiphene, since its parent hormone clomid has all kinds of side effects, which have not been uh, investigated or proven or debunked within clomiphene studies, as far as I was able to tell with the 80 or 90 studies that in clomiphene has. Um, yeah, clotting risks, reduction of IGF-1, uh, alteration of bone mineralization. I, I don't think that enclomiphene is sustainable, uh, but I do talk to people who run enclomiphene solo and are perfectly happy and their blood work parameters are pretty okay, minus that IGF-1 is, uh, you know, sliced in half which you also need for gain. So maybe testosterone levels are elevated, estrogen levels are elevated, but IGF-1 levels are reduced. So now the total picture is still not favorable. All right, uh, choose either or. See where your testosterone levels end up and then go with the option you feel the most comfortable with, I would say. <clears throat> I got discount codes for both. Gorillamide Sigma and enclomiphene. Uh, <laughs> Control F source list. Um, let's see, Darius asks, uh, why is it that sometimes you get a massive lump post oily intramuscular injections and sometimes it puff, doesn't puff up? Same vial, same injection technique, same spot. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe you're injecting in the uh, scar tissue and the scar tissue is uh, already a little bit irritated and inflamed and then maybe you get some sort of uh, allergic response, right? Or an inflammatory response or your immune system is kind of attacking it and, you know, send some inflammatory cytokines or something along those lines or white blood cells to kind of attack that area and then it, it pumps up. So uh, I would stick with a brand that doesn't give you lumps or bumps or post-injection pain or inflammation or redness ever, ever, right? So if this brand from uh, same injection, it, it, it giving you uh, massive uh, lumps, uh, I, I would just switch to something else, dude. Switch to pharmaceutical grade, you know, switch to Bayer, Rotex Medica, uh, all those companies, you know, Pfizer and, and many of the companies that produce testosterone and anti all of their products are beautifully uh, produced and, and nobody seems to get uh, side effects like this uh, unless they use underground labs. All right, and if you don't have access to pharmaceutical, personally, I would rather homebrew, uh, ask Chase Irons, um, instead of using underground labs, because, you know, the things that I hear through the grapevine, it's just horrendous. So I would not bother. Rocco asks, uh, I know enclomiphene reduces IGF-1. Yeah, I just said that. Uh, but would it be a good idea to add two to four units of growth hormone to boost IGF-1 um, to kind of balance it out? Also, should I discontinue the 1,200 milligrams of berberine I take daily? Okay, so berberine is also known to reduce IGF-1 levels, but not to the point that metformin does or selective estrogen receptor modulators like enclomiphene or clomid or tamoxifen uh, Novadex do. So um, I would reduce the berberine to 500 milligrams maybe uh, around cheat meals, right? I take berberine once a week. I took it today before I went to, uh, you know, Cheesecake Factory. And, and the rest of the week, I don't take it because, you know, I do my cardio. I'm on top of my magnesium. I'm on top of my fish oil. Uh, I, uh, you know, cycle my calories. So, you know, I'm also always in a pretty good insulin sensitive state. So I don't need fucking berberine every single day, right? You only need it when you go out to eat a little bit more than, um, you know, your diet structure allows you to. And then you slime a berberine for like, uh, you know, ease of mind, right? Ease of mind. So yeah, you're staying a little bit more insulin sensitive. Um, so can you offset the IGF-1 reduction of enclomiphene and berberine with two to four units of growth hormone? Uh, in serum, yeah, I, I don't think that is uh, unlikely 
so you'll but you have to get a baseline right take the enclomiphene out um or actually no you 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 check it now you take the enclomiphene out afterwards and then two weeks four weeks later you check where your igf1 is without the enclomiphene without the berberine and without the growth hormone right so you're at natural levels and then you add in the enclomiphene the berberine and then the gh so you have a comparison point um you know comparing serms plus berberine versus baseline versus growth hormone right that is what i would do and then see uh see what is the best approach for you but again that's that's igf1 in serum and not igf1 localized which you know i'm not really sure if enclomiphene or berberine are able to reduce igf1 levels uh, locally let's say if you inject growth hormone in your chest you get a little bit of um autocrine uh, igf1 secretion locally which is a marginal compared to the IGF-1 that your liver produces, right? that localized IGF-1, um, you're not going to really detect in serum because uh, ideally it, it acts locally and it doesn't go into the bloodstream. Now, if you start injecting your IGF-1 into your chest, then eventually it will leak out because that's a super physiological amount, not to the amount that the autocrine uh, you know, signaling can produce. And then, uh, and of course, if you go with exogenous IGF-1, then it doesn't matter how much enclomiphene or berberine or um, metformin you take, uh, because it's, uh, you know, you're getting that directly. So yeah, uh, blood work, that is the way. Lucas asks, uh, aromacin is not uh, soluble in water. It is soluble in methanol and n and dimethylformamide. These are both toxic for ingestion. Um, is there a safe way to dissolve my 25 milligrams aromacin in one milligram or one milliliter of liquid for small dosages? I use 6.25 milligrams every uh, fourth day. I would like to use 2.5 milligrams every other day, but I can't accurately cut the pills that small. <sighs> okay, so why don't you get a microgram scale? I just I sell those on Amazon. You crush the tablets. And then you also buy those, um, you know, those those capsules that you can just fill yourself. I think they're cheap. They're like a thousand. They cost like twenty dollars, and they're made of cellulose or something that is easy to digest. You crush the tablet of um, aromacin. You mix that in, let's say, ten. You want you want two point five milligram dosages. Right? Yeah. Okay. So you want a tenth of the tablet. Okay. So. You crush that tablet of aromacin to a fine, 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 fine powder, right? Like the, the sugar that you use to uh, glaze your uh, donuts with, right? The, 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 not, not the glaze that's, of course, mixed with other stuff, but the, the powdered donuts, right? That's powdered sugar, basically. So you, you crush it up until it's powdered sugar, and then you mix that with uh, something like uh, a good old, um, you know, baking flour, right? 10 grams of baking flour plus one tablet of 25 milligrams aromacin crushed to infinity. Then you take your good time to kind of make that homogenous, right? So you keep scooping that, you can feel free to use a whisker, and right? you start mixing that. And then uh, you fill 10 capsules with one milligram each, or one gram each. Then technically, if you mix it in very, very, very well, every uh, gram capsule that you're now producing should contain 2.5 milligrams aromacin. Huh? No need to put all of that in toxic oil. So long story short, crush it to infinity, mix it with 10 gram baking flour, uh, mix it properly, right? So the, 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 so the mixture is homo 
homogenized where everything is just equally dispersed and then put that into little capsules of about a gram each and then everything should work out fine jump rather let's see ask uh, what are your current thoughts on whether or not Samax should be cycled um i think that most of the benefits are reached within two weeks and then after four weeks you know i feel that the the there's no additional progress so i would cycle Samax uh one one month on one month off now i've talked to people who've done two months six months one year i talked to a guy who used Samax every single day for a year um and i do notice that most people who run it for a longer period of time that say that they feel a little bit weird yeah i can't remember what i think there were some recommended protocols of like three weeks to six weeks if you do the, the medical literature right from russia where they recommend some max for various uh, um you know uh, dubious uh, medical applications <laughs> so i think it's only a couple of weeks so i felt that the you know most of the benefits are reached within like two to four weeks and then they seem to linger for at least another month right so if you if you can take it for if you have a month loading phase and the benefits are still there a month later right, regarding your libido cognition energy levels then uh, why not run it one month on one month off but if you get more out of it for six weeks or eight weeks then feel free but as soon as you start feeling a little bit funky take it out you know take it out it's not bioidentical and even though it's a, a partial sequence of uh, a bioidentical hormone it, it doesn't um you know act in the exact biosimilar way let's see Darius asks Steve how does scar tissue feel when you inject into it can you all right now it's cold enough <laughs> can you have scar tissue and inject right into it without knowing I've been pinning exclusively my glutes but it always feels the same so scar tissue um well you'll feel some resistance so as the needle is going in well, it kind of feels like you're dragging your nails over, um, you know, the blackboard, right? That, you, that the teacher used to write over. So it feels like, and then sometimes you get real resistance. You're like, mm, I'm pressing, but it's not going in. So you have to press a little bit harder and then it, it pops through and then you go in really fast. Yeah. So, uh, that, that takes a couple of years to develop. And if I had a time machine, I would never do anything intramuscular anymore unless absolutely necessary. I would just pin everything sub-Q. Um, and the sub-Q, uh, you know, scar tissue, you will also develop. But it seems to be easier to be mitigated with deep tissue massage therapy. So if I ask my deep tissue massage therapist to kind of, you know, uh, uh, go ham on my glutes, my upper glutes, where is where I do most of my, uh, you know, sub-Q shots nowadays, uh it seems to kind of loosen up and uh, unbound and and uh, a lot faster than the intramuscular shots in that area which i still have scar tissue there right but of course i did pretty heavy cycles back in the day yeah so i i came to a point right now right now when i take glutathione shots in my glutes uh, i i take like a super thin needles i think what was the gauge uh, was it a 29 or 27 yeah, it was a 29 because it's water-based, right? So you don't really need a thick one. And even then with the 29 gauge, sometimes it goes in and then it, it's stuck. <laughs> so you have to really, you know, make sure it's absolutely straight and then just keep pushing. And then after a while it goes through, but yeah, man, if I had a time machine, no way. I would do it completely different, but oh, it's, it's me, right? I have to make all the mistakes so you guys don't have to.
So yeah, you, if you have scar tissue, you'll know it, man. And otherwise, um, go to a deep tissue massage therapist and ask them to put their thumbs and elbows in your butt cheeks, and then you will know. Yeah, you will know. Uh, Bronson. Oh, we went through all the questions already from Patreon. All right, awesome. Uh, Bronson asks, what do you think about using essential, am essential amino acids in place of whey protein to supplement? I saw a post uh, this morning claiming essential e amino acids to be more anabolic per gram while being easy to digest. Uh, yeah, but essential amino acids, since they also faster digest faster, um, the branch chain amino acids within the leucine and the isoleucine are also more insulinotropic. So that means they convert into glucose and then uh, secrete a little bit of insulin from the pancreas, which is not inherently bad. Uh, and of course, whey protein does the same thing, uh, especially if it contains lactose, right? The whey protein isolate contains a little bit of carbs uh, in the form of lactose and, and probably some sugar, right? Because the manufacturer wants you to keep slamming that and slamming that and slamming that so they can use more uh, or sell more bottles. So it has to taste super, super good. That's why I have all those weird flavors for whey protein. Um, I've always been a vanilla guy vanilla whey protein or get the fuck out right? i don't like cookies and cream i don't like chocolate i don't like strawberry i don't like banana just vanilla dude vanilla shit is the best shit anyway um so if you take essential amino acids uh i would do like uh five grams over an hour right but, but hey hey bro you know that steak and chicken and turkey and uh lean pork right and eggs salmon white fish have essential amino acids too and those come with micronutrients so when do you really need essential amino acids uh if you're sub six percent body fat and you do a fasted cardio then uh, sipping on a little bit of essential amino acids while you do your fasted cardio might be uh anti-catabolic and if you take essential amino acids um, at any body weight where your training intensity is so high that you need essential amino acids uh, in place inter-workouts then it makes sense but doing the all day you may stuff right that what rich piano meant that you have essential amino acids the entire way uh throughout the day uh, might work if you're also on insulin and a uh, big as fuck but most people honestly do it save your money dude buy, buy buy real food really buy real food i think whey protein can be replaced with collagen protein i don't care what the scientific literature says I've been using collagen protein for years, no stretch marks, no injuries, right? So get your collagen protein and shut the fuck up. And if you want to have some essential amino acids, which I do take pre-workout, um, do it around the workout. <laughs> but at least the other four or five meals of the day should be legit, right? With real micronutrients. All right, here we go. Thomas, is citrulline or L-arginine? No, wait a minute. L-citrulline, L-arginine, L-ornithate at 100 milligrams per milliliter, milliliter, ATP 50 milligrams per milliliter, good injectable pre-workout. Uh, something you would add, it's for the off-season. Is that a blend of amino asylum? Um, you know what's bad? Like I did, a, I did a video about this, right? Reviewing your products and I completely forgot. <laughs> I completely forgot why each essential amino acid is beneficial um oh l-citrulline of course is uh, you <laughs> for nitric oxide synthesis but l-arginine l-arginine is for beta alanine l-ornithine fuck dude i can't remember man 
I can't remember. The ATP is for vasodilation. That I know. You get fucking insane pumps, especially at 50 milligrams per milliliter. Uh, the ATP will act locally, uh, provide energy, and if it goes systemic into the bloodstream, it will convert into AMP, and then you get vasodilation out of your ass. So uh, LJS citrulline vasodilation, uh, ATP vasodilation. And, but I mean, it looks good to me, you know, add some L-carnitine in for, uh, you know, nutrient shuttling uh, into the mitochondria in the form of uh, fatty acids, and then you're good, right? But I would say amino asylum stampede or amino asylum super shredder, which has albuterol in there. Uh, those are my favorite injectable pre-workouts. That's for sure. Yeah. But L-arginine, what was it again? Arginine benefits i gotta have i gotta have to google it lowering blood pressure all right so that's also a vasodilator does that convert it to beta aline that was carnosine right carnosine converts into beta aline carnos yeah Muscle synthesis from carnosine into bed island. All right. Okay. I should uh, dive more into the over-counter supplements. <laughs> uh, on the topic of cardio, can bedroom cardio actually be a volume form of it? Off-season cardio, at least. Uh, yeah, but most of the time, it's like 10 minutes, right? I mean, elevate your heart rate for like 30 minutes. If you can do sex for 30 minutes without coming, um, probably masturbate too much, let's be honest, or your girlfriend is not hot. Right? I can get the job done in 10 minutes, dude, and that's more than enough. 10 minutes of good, passionate, sexy, uh, love-making time. Uh, yeah, but and I still do my daily facet cardio and walking in between sets. So I, I consider it extra cardio, but not the main form of cardio. Yeah. Yeah. All right, next one, big house. Uh, we both know it doesn't matter what he says, still gonna take every chance we get. Yeah, <laughs> very true, right? It's extra cardio, um, but you don't have to do it every single day if you don't feel like it. But if you do feel like it every single day, then go right ahead, man, and give a couple pumps for Uncle Steve, okay? All right, spread the love. <laughs> Big house, assuming that one is still in a caloric surplus, are there any anabolic benefits to running T4? Uh, well, technically, it could be anabolic because a T4 converts into T3, and T3 helps with nutrient partitioning, but it does it at a normal rate, right, unless you start taking exogenous T3. So if you take T4, let's say you take 50 micrograms or 100 micrograms per day, and it converts to a normal amount of T3 that is slightly higher than before because now you have um, higher levels of T4, right? And then you get increased nutrient partitioning, which then uh, later on, uh, assuming you have enough B vitamins in your um, uh, diet, because that also contributes to nutrient partitioning and energy production and you know synthesis of uh, all kinds of proteins. Assuming everything is right, the nutrient intake is right, then I would say that it might have an anabolic overlap in the same rate as uh, going from, uh, you know, testosterone to adding in a testosterone booster. So it will be marginal, right? It will be maybe noticeable, but it will be no marginal. So if you're not taking any anabolics and you take T4, 
Will you notice something? Maybe in the long run, maybe you notice that you recover slightly better and thus you can add in one more working set. <laughs> but of course, right? If, if we're going to split hairs, then you're on the full stack of uh, Test Primo, Deca, Anavar, GH, Insulin, Increlex, and, or IGF-1, LR3, and a little bit of T4, and maybe even uh, 20 micrograms of clen, right? For the beta-2 adrenergic uh, <laughs> anabolism that you might get out of it. Uh, you're on the full Monty, and then of course it makes a bigger difference because now you have synergy right so if you're natural you add in t4 i mean uh, look into the side effects of a t4 supplementation for hashimoto's disease you will not see um the, you know a spontaneous muscle gain <laughs> as part of those side effects so uh keep that in mind uh thomas wouldn't uh aura plus what wouldn't aura uh, plus also work for the aromacin i haven't heard it's toxic Aura Plus? What is Aura? What is that? Thomas, what do you mean? What Aura? Are you, are you mean every other day? No. Okay. Clarify, Thomas, please. I'm starting to cramp. Shit. I did hamstrings today at uh, BBC Fitness. Hard. So hard because I knew I was going to eat at Cheesecake Factory. And now I'm starting to cramp. So I might, this is pretty bad. <laughs> see if I can stretch that out. Jesus Christ. Oh, guys. All right. Uh, pitting a scar tissue is like pitting a popcorn bag. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm going to use that one, big house. <laughs> uh, pitting a scar tissue is like pitting a popcorn bag. It's exactly that, right? Because you got like airy parts where it goes in easy and then you hit a popcorn and it goes through and especially if you hit the kernel that was like fucking hard you need to stab it not multiple times right not like pulp fiction i have to stab her multiple times no once all right vincent vega you have to stab her once i didn't get the fucking adrenaline in her heart <laughs> so you go in slow and you hit the popcorn and the kernel and you're like mm. and you go through and then you hit the next one right so jeez well I might have to get some salt later on. All right. So, yeah, that's basically what it's like. Thomas, did you specify? All right, here we are. Aura Plus is something on Amazon that the people use to suspend Anavar, for example. It's meant to make a tablet medication uh, easier to swallow. Aura Plus. Oh, what the hell is this? Looks like uh, something you clean your toilet with. Why am I going to eBay? Ah, right, what's in here? Purified water, microcrystalline cellulose, carboxymethyl cellulose sodium, xanthan gum, carrageenan, calcium sulfate, trisodium phosphate, citric acid, sodium phosphate as a buffer, dimethyl, whatever, emulsion, methyl paraben, oh Jesus, and potassium sorbate. Okay, uh, do the baking... Um, <laughs> baking powder option uh that i recommended thomas that, that has one ingredient uh, two ingredients right it has baking powder and aromacin and what the cellulose that you get okay so three ingredients versus whatever the fuck is in this aura plus suspending vo uh, volume and as little additives as possible guys all right, let's, uh, let's scroll down a little bit, or up a little bit. Jake, my resting pulse uh, heart rate increased about 10 points from 74 to 
four since adding in one IUs of growth hormone. Uh, okay, could be. Maybe your metabolic rate went up because the one IU of growth hormone increased your thyroid conversion. Would an increase in blood volume cause resting heart rate to increase? Um, could be. Could be. Uh, could it be that the T yeah that's the T four T three conversion uh, yeah, that I, that's more likely like if you add in like twelve point five micrograms of T three in the beginning your heart rate would go up with ten points also man I'm gonna have to stretch this fucker out <laughs> oh my god dude all right well paint me like one of those French girls <laughs> that's what happens when you go live. All right, where are we? Well, I guess we can make shorts of this uh, episode. Um, so let's see. Yeah, it could be it could be the the conversion of thyroid hormones. It could be um, increased water retention. I mean, it could be that that some of the preservatives of the growth hormone is making your resting heart rate go up. It could be that you're actually close to a deload. Maybe you take need need to take a week off or two weeks off and just kind of let your resting heart rate come down. Because usually when your resting heart rate comes up, right, maybe you think it's a growth hormone, but it's actually uh, just coming in an overtrained state. You see that your resting heart rate is elevated because your uh, your cortisol levels are elevated also, which is a common uh, early onset of being in an overtrained state. So, you know, look into something like that um because it is a big jump and i would not say that that is a very common occurrence with growth hormone to be honest unless the growth hormone is uh maybe your thyroid hormones are kind of shit in the beginning and now it's finally starting to convert but i don't know I, I think there's more going on than just the growth hormone right then otherwise take it out see what happens see what happens Maybe your growth hormone is HCG and it's interacting with your thyroid receptors. <laughs> and then your T4 levels are going up, even though in humans it doesn't happen, right? It's animal studies that show that uh, a growth hormone or HCG HG interacts with the thyroid receptors and thus uh, thyroid parameters change. But I've never, ever, 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 ever seen that in humans ever. Right? And if HCG keeps you leaner, uh, it's probably because your testosterone levels are a little bit higher. And an indirect effect because testosterone improves your metabolism also. Thomas, if you were to homebrew, uh, what oil would you use? MCT. Yeah, MCT. I would go with MCT. It's it's easy to suspend stuff in from what I've been told, assuming that the ester is moderate, so it's a propionate ester and acid. Well, even acetate, I think, dissolves in MCT quite easily. And then all you need is a little bit of uh, benzoyl alcohol to... Um, you know, preserve it and, and allegedly benzyl benzoate for some ester formulation. So again, I'm not an expert in home brewing, but I do know that all the expert home brewers are using MCT oil. And uh, and that seems to work quite well, man. Okay, is this gone now? Jesus, my calves are too big. Oh, it's still there. <laughs> Fuck my life. <laughs> Fuck my life. What did I do? All right. That's better. Well, it's not centered anymore. So yeah, MCT is the way to go. Again, guys, Chase Irons has got a whole uh, membership segment and uh, what's it called? Uh, Discord dedicated to this. So if you want to know about homebrewing, uh, Chase Irons is your go-to guy. Uh, let's see. It's the 
Pump blend with added ATP. I'm going to homebrew it. Yeah, so you can do that, right? It doesn't mean asylum products that you can just mix it in syringes. I did that with Super Shredder and Stampede at the same time. So I would put half a cc of each into the insulin syringe. Uh, yeah, and then inject that uh, into the muscle I was going to train. Right? So it's one cc each, but half a cc per syringe mixed together. And it uh, looks like a lava lamp. <laughs> Because uh, let's see, the the super shredder had vitamin B12 in there, and it's red, of course, and the other one is white. So you have that like intermixing as it goes in. It looks very, very cool. Yeah. And the pump blend, I uh, I think I used the monster pump blend. Yeah, that has the ornithine in it. Good stuff. Would you recommend brewing injectable aminos? They're ten times cheaper. Uh, I have no idea how to do that. Um, and of course it's water-based, so you always have to worry about sterility, but if you can make it work, why not, man? Why not? I mean, it's, it's, of course it's going to be cheaper, right? If you make it yourself, I mean, home brewing for t a vial of testosterone, you may be, you know, if you, if you're really going to do that, you spend maybe $10, $12 for a vial of testosterone and for the aminos, it's probably the same. You print, it's probably print $5 instead of, you know, what is it? $30, $50, uh, you know, depending on if you use a discount code or not. Uh, buying that from a, a supplier, right? I mean, making it yourself is always cheaper, but you also run the risk that uh, if you don't know what you're doing, that, you know, you get a post-injection pain or infections or that kind of stuff. So, right? I would always say leave it to the pros. And Amino Asylum products are probably the only underground lab that actually uh, enjoy running. But even then, uh, I would stick with pharmaceutical grade. But pharmaceutical grade injectable aminos, the dosages are pretty pathetic, as we saw from uh, Jesse James West when he went with the injectable uh, IV aminos. It's like 50 milligrams per milliliter. I mean, it's not going to do shit. All right. Uh, we talked about this. Uh, Bronson, what's been on your uh, go-to top set or PR song lately? Uh, let's see, what is it called? Uh, I saw that Christian Avestrom uh, contributed to uh, Death Metal Against Animal Violence. Animal Violence. What was this? Or Animal Abuse? feelings feelingless metal against hopefully it's not going to play metal against animal cruelty charity yeah noble demon i'll link it down below i'm not sure if that is the official channel or some sort of re-upload channel uh oh yeah okay it's probably a re-upload channel uh, and the uh, spirit box had a new cd out which was also pretty killer I wish I had more time to look for music. Let's see, where are we? Oh, here we are. And I can't remember song names, so I just uh, download the CDs, right? And then uh, I put the songs that I like on my MP3 player, and then I just go through it. So, but I can't remember which band or what, unless it's Christian Avestrom, and Christian Avestrom is God when it comes to melodic death metal. And I might allegedly mix in some K-pop, but you know, it's only on a good day. Uh, <laughs> I don't get why one would use anything below a 30 G pins. It works perfectly uh, for me. Yeah, so 30 gauges, I mean, those are beautiful, you know, but 
if you have to do three milliliter shots of uh, Bayer uh, Prima Bolin, <laughs> you're gonna sit there for an hour, yeah, <laughs> trying to pin through a thirty gauge. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah, baking flour. What it's it's the same thing, right? Baking flour, baking powder, baking flour. Just yeah, it's whatever you use to bake shit, right? Pound cake, minus the sugar and minus the uh, the butter. Yeah, 30 gauge pins, that is the way. What is the best way to get baseline heart assessment before switching from TRT to cycling? And uh, which should I get? I want to root out left ventricular hypertrophy, etc. Also, how frequently should I recheck uh, them all? So I would do a baseline uh, heart assessment now because otherwise you have to come off TRT. And then I think heart remodeling occurs after a couple months, you know, of doing consistent cardio and, and you know, uh, perhaps a beta blocker and uh, ubiquinol. So that takes a while. So I would just uh, walk in now ask for a uh, electrocardiogram first it's a step-by-step -step process in most countries so electrocardiogram for for i don't know uh, one minute two minutes All right they use that as a baseline to see if there's any arrhythmias um then after that they probably use the fucking uh steth is it stethoscope is it that thing stethoscope why do we make these names so impossible to pronounce, dude? Yeah, stethoscope. Use that to kind of check up on your heart. Right? It's a procedure. And then uh, ask them for a uh, an ultrasound, an echo in your heart. That is probably the best way to determine or an early detection method for left ventricular hypertrophy. Um, you know, and, and regurgitation of the, the atrium and the, you know, the ventri ventriculars, right, regarding the, the valves. And then after that, uh, you can either do a uh, MRI, which is probably good for, uh, you know, indexed like heart functioning when they, uh, you know, the, the, uh, when they administer the, what is it called? The contrast. This is adenosine, by the way, hyperventilating galore. And then a CT scan will be mostly for plaque buildup, right? Or stenosis. So it really depends. It's a step-by-step -step process and then discuss that with your doctor to uh, see which tests are um, required in your individual case. So again, electro um, electrocardiogram, right? With the electrodes, they listen to you, you discuss, and then you ask for an ultrasound. That's what I would do. And then depending on the ultrasound results, where they can already detect the left ventricular hypertrophy, then you might want to do additional imaging in the form of an MRI, again, if needed, to see how bad the left ventricular hypertrophy is. Because the um, ejection fraction on an echo and an MRI is different, as you guys could see from my results, which I documented here on uh, YouTube, right? Was there an ejection fraction on my CT scan? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if there was an ejection fraction. Hmm. Okay, CT scan also measures ejection fraction. Yeah, so I've done it multiple times. So I've done an echo four times to kind of keep track. I've done an MRI once and a CT scan once. I'll do the MRI maybe in a couple of years and a CT scan in a couple of years also. I wanted to do the Pernuvo in uh, the USA, but I, I simply didn't have the time. I was just in so much demand, running around doing stuff. Uh, so maybe next year I should just plan less 
and uh, do more uh, preventative health stuff. You don't have the Pernuvo CT scans as in-depth uh, as they have in the United States here in Thailand. So, But then again, you know, all the last results were all good. It's my cardiac markers that are off, and uh, we all know what's to blame, or at least I think I know what's to blame. <laughs> you can't talk about that here anymore on YouTube, but then you get muted. So, right? And don't go crazy in the comment section because I'll fucking ban all of you fuckers. Tired of seeing that shit. Go take your conspiracy stuff somewhere else. Uh, so if you want to roll out left ventricular hypertrophy, an echo is a good place to start. Also, does low estrogen cause left ventricular hypertrophy? And if so, how does estrogen have to be? How low does estrogen have to be? I can't remember reading that in the literature, but I'll be completely honest that I haven't dived into the correlation between low estrogen and left ventricular hypertrophy. Right? I've looked into the correlation between low estrogen and aneurysms. I've looked into the correlation of chronic weed smoking and aneurysms, but I haven't looked into uh, low estrogen and left ventricular hypertrophy. That could be the case. It could not be the case. Uh, but if there's scientific evidence for it, then they probably give an indication of likelihoods based on the range of estrogen. Yeah. So uh, I would say that it, it's probably good to keep your estrogen somewhat favorable, ideally at the high side if your testosterone levels are also high. Uh, that seems to give most people the best health effects. Because again, estrogen has a lot of health ben uh, benefits, so uh, crushing it for longer than two weeks, three weeks, leading into the bodybuilding contest, I don't think it's really good for you. Right? But then again, bodybuilding competition isn't very healthy, so those guys understand the risks. Uh, well, actually, most of them don't. <laughs> Most of them don't, but they take the risks because they want to win a plastic trophy. Uh, big house, have you ever owned a pressure cooker instant pot? Shit is life changing. Yes, it is. Yeah, I have one. Yeah, but I barely use it though because my air fryer is taking me very, very far. And I am uh, of the firm opinion that even though I, I cook five times per day, fresh, uh, fresh uh, meals freshly prepared, um. I don't want to waste too much time on it because I just got so much stuff to do. So the meals are short breaks for me in between, uh, you know, a couple working hours. So I have like a, every two and a half hour, I have a meal break. I cook, I eat, I don't do anything work. It takes about 20 minutes and then I continue with work. So with the pressure cooker, um, every time I, I use them, you know, and it takes a little bit longer to build up the pressure and stuff. It takes a little bit longer and they also have to clean it and, you know, release the pressure. And it's, it's too cumbersome, right? Too cumbersome. So, but it, it is, it is a very nice way to cook food. Yeah. Yeah. It's better than the, what is it called? The air fryer, because that kind of dries everything out. Yeah. Unfortunately. So pressure cooker is definitely more tasty, especially if you put some beef in there with beef stock and then some proper vegetables, you let it sit in there for a couple hours. Oh man, <laughs> that's some life changing steak. That's for sure. Jake. I was wondering if performance-enhancing drugs like Anavar and others uh, can get into the semen. Yeah, so apparently, yes. Uh, if so, I should avoid ejaculating ejaculating inside my wife before pregnancy, but essentially during pregnancy, but especially during pregnancy. So you shouldn't be on steroids when you're trying to get your wife pregnant. I, I thought I discussed this. So go through the scientific literature. I went through all the scientific literature regarding SARMs, and they're um, in a day. <laughs> That's it. It's like, 
it's like 80 studies or something. I'll index all of them, right? You guys wanted to see a SERMs, uh, how to do a SERMs only cycle safely. So I went through all of the literature in a day and made a video about it. Um, and apparently they're using um, uh, some sort of uh, metabolism testing for um, urine, hair, and uh, ejaculates to see if there's any uh, SAR metabolites in there. So yeah, you can detect it, and there's something like transvaginal absorption. That's why you have you know some inserts like uh, vaginal uh, contraceptives, and and even uh, vaginal uh, estrogen, for example, or uh, progesterone that is uh, absorbed uh, transvag transvaginally. <laughs> also important, uh, impossible to pronounce. So uh, technically, if you're ejaculating anivar in her or anivar metabolites, she could uh, absorb that. And if you do that during pregnancy, then that's probably not good for your baby because the ratio of anivar or anivar metabolites to the infant is going to be significantly higher to the, compared to the ratio of the anivar or metabolites to your wife or you for that matter. So I would not do that. I would not do that. Are there any studies on that subject? Probably not. Um, could that be one of the reasons why uh, kids of bodybuilders have issues? Maybe. Right? I mean, there seems to be an instance of autism, but I still, I still don't know why. Right? I still don't know why. So I, I came off cycle uh, because I don't want to, you know, I want to have the best opportunities for my kid. So no. You get your wife pregnant off cycle, and then you, uh, then you can take steroids, and then you come in other orifices. <laughs> Like the ass or the mouth, if you must. Or you just fucking make it rain, right? That's fine. It's less messy than uh, dealing with the metabolites. Uh, let's see, Bronson. I have yet to donate blood since becoming enhanced. I'm assuming I will have to do this uh, on EQ cycle. Is it okay to donate while you're on gear, or should I do it? be doing a therapeutic blood donation? Well, uh, why don't you do your blood work? and see if your hematocrit, red blood cell count, hemoglobin, and all those markers related to uh, your uh, complete blood count panel um, actually require you to donate blood. Because if you're on something like Ananapril uh, and Talmasartan to a certain extent, or, or other medications, or you're eating a pescatarian diet, you don't eat so much beef, then it's very likely that your hematocrit and red blood cell count and serum iron levels are not that elevated and thus you don't need to donate blood. And all the guys who feel better after donating blood, it's because their blood pressure is so freaking high. <laughs> I mean, if you have like a couple liters of blood, right, and you take a, a pint of blood out, then your blood pressure goes down. Right? Uh, of course, if you have high hematocrit, high red blood cell count, you might have feel a little bit of anxiety, like a little bit of bundled up feeling inside, especially when you train or bend over to tie your shoelaces, if you still can, if you're a freak. Um, so yeah, do your blood work first and then see if it's required. And uh, of course, donating blood on gear um, or medications or whatever. Yeah, some of that medications in gear is actually being transferred to the patient. Um, but if you need a blood donation, blood transfusion, um, Might be something to say for having a little bit of testosterone or steroids alongside of that. I mean, nandrolone and uh, anadrol are prescribed uh, in cases of anemia. So uh, why don't you make it easier for the patient? And when you go uh, donate blood, have some anadrol in there, right? You get the, <laughs> it's very irresponsible, but you guys know what I mean, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you could do a therapeutic blood donation, you know? 
again, if if somebody needs blood, I, I don't think that the steroids that or the, the small amount of steroids that are contained within their blood are going to matter much in the context of them getting healthy um, because they don't only need your blood, but they probably also need blood from other people, right? People who get transfusions don't just get a pint of blood. They get more. <laughs> they get more than that. Yeah, in many cases. So um, personally, I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, but if you are, then come off cycle or, or, or do a therapeutic blood donation, you know, but do your blood work first. Branson. Blood work is scheduled in a week from now, taking uh, Benilol and Cialis for blood pressure, Nabivolol. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, your blood is now full with steroids and Nabivolol and Cialis, right? I mean, if you want to do the blood donation fast, I mean, add some aspirin to, there, uh, to that, and then you just donate, like, I mean, that's what I did for a therapeutic blood donation a while back when my hematocrit was sky fucking high. I just took an aspirin and some Cialis, and then it just... So you don't have this fucking needle in your arm, which is fucking huge. Um, just, you know, tearing you up from the inside. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's what I would do if it's for a therapeutic blood donation. But I would, if you want to give blood away to save somebody's life, uh, ideally you have the least amount of exogenous um, or a cocktail of exogenous drugs in your bloodstream, right? So take it easy. Man, it's been one hour already. Oh, wow. That was fast. All right. I guess it's time to uh, go to the bathroom. Bathroom break. Be right back. And then we're going to go public. And uh, let the herd join. Okay. Well, let's, 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 let's make it interesting, right? Let's, let's bet 10 bucks. We're gonna go. We're going to get a SARMS question MK six seven seven. We're going to get BPC one five seven or TB five hundred questions. We're going to get a couple TRT questions, and um, what is also a common question? And I think those three. Those three will make an appearance. Yeah, yeah. Ten bucks each. You guys figure out what what I need to donate to if this don't come by. And otherwise, one of you guys have to has to donate ten bucks for each each time these questions comes along. <laughs> no, I'm just joking, but uh, you'll sure will surely make an appearance of those same questions. Okay, guys, I'm gonna go to the bathroom real quick. Uh, let's see, put this live. Oh, no, no, no. public. Let's wait for those commonly asked questions every single week. All right, peace out. Be right back.
What's up, my dudes? It's a vigorous Q&A. Let's see. Mm. Guys, my hamstrings are so sore. And I'm cramping. <laughs> I did hamstrings today, like a boss. But I can barely uh, keep it still. All right. Thomas, that would be a big lose for us. Yeah. <laughs> let's do herd bingo. <laughs> Right, let's see what happens. And only the members will know what we bet it for. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Actually, Bronson, we never got these questions. I can foresee I'm afraid of needles type of cycle questions. But I mean, last week, everybody put F in the chat for the terms only cycle question or video. So um, yeah, uh, that video I recorded. Yeah, that video I recorded. What's up, Iron Grids? All right, I hope your girlfriend is on a break today so you can actually moderate. Ah, there we go. No girlfriend around this time to distract me so you guys are on your best behavior. I did legs yesterday. I can barely walk upstairs. Yeah, me too, buddy. I mean, I did hamstrings today. Then I went to Cheesecake Factory. My electrolyte balance is all messed up, and I, I'm sitting here cramping. So if I need to make, uh, you know, put myself into weird positions just to uh, release the cramp, then uh, you guys know what's going on. <laughs> Bitcoin chill at 44,000. Yeah, so last week we discussed, like, I, I was feeling that it was not going to go any higher, right? And then as soon as the live stream was over, I look at the chart and I'm like, holy fuck. Like, I was I was all out, dude. So I, um, I I did some quick technical analysis and I looked at all the metrics and I fumbled in 25% into Bitcoin and 25% into Ethereum. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I made some gains. <laughs> Which of course I missed out on maybe five hundred dollars, right? Or, or yeah, five seven hundred dollars or something. But right, sometimes you you feel from your technical analysis that the resistance is so strong that we might come down or retrace a little bit. But uh, I guess that didn't happen. So uh, I was early enough to fall back in, and that uh, that certainly paid off. Yeah, and I feel that now um, Ethereum ran a little bit, that break broke through, and now you see that the altcoins are running. So uh, we might be good up until forty eight thousand, but. Uh, Let's see. Let's see, right? Don't take my word for it. I got it wrong last week, and I uh, had to take a loss uh, to make a profit. And, well, if you make a profit with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, you can't really complain, right? So. What hardware wallet do you use? Uh, I got a ledger. Yeah, I got a few ledgers laying around. Let's see. Uh, let's start answering some questions. <laughs> so yeah, David, in your HRT ebook, you mentioned the amount of HCG to use on uh, HRT. Yeah, it should be between 100 IOS to 125 IOS three times per week. But in your videos, you mentioned 250 to 500 IOS three per week. Which one is the correct dosage? Uh, I would go towards the later. I mean, you gotta keep in mind that those HRT ebooks are a little bit uh, old, right? And I should revise them, but. Uh, the problem is that those HRT ebooks are so plagiarized. Um, that honestly, I don't feel incentivized to work on it anymore because people just keep copying and copying and copying. So all the updated knowledge will be at the membership section or what I'm releasing publicly. I mean, the HRT eBooks are still a great guide to kind of get you started. Um, but yeah, I would I would lean more towards 250 to 500 IUs and keep in mind, like 100 to 125 IUs will work if, or back in the day, 
when HCG was still available as a pharmaceutical left and right. And that's no longer the case, dude. I mean, in the, people in the USA voted for a guy that is very anti-steroids. And now uh, they're cracking down on uh, on HCG and all the peptides. Right? So at times it's changing. Yeah. So it's still a good book, still a good read. But you might want to watch some of the updated HRT videos to get some uh, new uh, ideas, right? I mean, you got to go with the times. So a lot of people don't have access to pharmaceutical HCG anymore. Right? So you need a little bit, uh, use a little bit more, right? And I have to put your, these ranges in there because I never know what kind of quality you use. And I never know what, uh, what you have access to, right? So I could put a range of 100 IUs to 500 IUs. <laughs> And then people still don't know what to do, right? So, and I don't know, get your hands dirty, see what works best. That's what I would say. Bill K, Steve, after a month of 30 milligrams testosterone every day and 6.25 milligrams aromas in Monday, Thursday, twice a week, my estradiol went to 23 from 40. Okay. So you're on 210 milligrams testosterone per week and 12.5 milligrams aromas in a week should have stopped the aromacin for two weeks and then proceed with 6.5 milligrams once per week yeah you could do that yeah you could do that that's long enough for the aromacin to kind of metabolize from your body or at least the large majority of it and then you reintroduce 6.25 milligrams once per week i don't think that your testosterone levels is going to go or your estrogen levels is going to go from 23 to uh, 100 in as little as two weeks uh but again if you notice dramatic changes based on your blood pressure or your water retention or or libido changes then then wait shorter than two weeks and add in the 6.25 milligrams aromacin once per week right or, or maybe even split that up into half even though the active life of aromacin is you know multiple days so once a week uh, dosing is is doable yeah is doable let's see First cycles, I didn't know how much I aromatized. Perhaps 40 to 45 would be ideal. Yeah, I would say that that's ideal. I mean, on that much test and 30 milligrams testosterone every day. And again, you're doing daily administration, so that means you already get less conversion of testosterone into estradiol. Right? So maybe even without the aromacin, you'll be 40. Right? Or were you 40? Um, oh, you were 40 before, probably. Okay. So again, experiment. Do your blood work. See how you feel. See how you look. See what the numbers look like on paper. And then uh, try to piece it together that way. Yep, nice and slow, and then eventually you'll figure it out. Man, everything is about crypto now. <laughs> this stream is sponsored by the Red Shadow Legends. <laughs> all these fucking, all these fucking YouTube channels with their fucking bullshit promotions, dude. I every single day in my inbox, I get the weirdest requests to promote shit on my YouTube channel, and I tell them all five thousand or fuck off. And somebody nobody's did it offer like a hundred dollars or five hundred dollars i'm not gonna bore you guys with a five hundred dollars promotion fucking hell dude some of these some of these youtube channels are are lusty dude for a couple dollars all right jake applebaum if my free t4 is staying in the normal range while on growth hormone why uh, would i need to add in t4 um well it's about your t3 levels also right it's not just free t4 it's Total T4, free T3, total T3, and then a thyroid stimulating hormone. So if your growth hormone levels, you might have normal free T4 uh, because your thyroid binding globulins are also, uh, you know, lowered by taking steroids. 
then your total T4 might be low and your thyroid stimulating hormone might be high because your T4, uh, T3 levels are low, right? So your, your total T4 levels are low. Your free might be uh, high because thyroid binding glomerulin levels are low from the steroids. And then the conversion into T3 is reduced and thus your thyroid stimulating hormone is elevated or, or you know, unfavorable. And then you burn in your thyroid glands and then you get goiter. Now that's it's a bit of an exaggeration, but you get what I'm going at, right? So um, most people do well on 50 to 100 micrograms T4 alongside their growth hormone. And, um, oh, $20, holy shit, they're making bank. Um, so I, I would say just add it in when you're over two IUs of growth hormone per day. Yeah. Let's see. If you were to purchase raws for a budget cycle, which ones would you buy? Testosterone endothate and boldenone on distillate. Yeah, you purchase an amount for one, maybe three years. Oh man, guys on a bulk. Yeah. Testosterone endothate and boldenone on distillate. Yeah, that's what I would get if you're on a on a budget. All right, here we go. Twenty freaking euros. How many dollars is that? Is it still one to one? USD. It's two cheesecakes right there. $21.55. And then after the cut of YouTube, it's like $5. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> it's been a, it's it's a big cut. Um Jesse R asks, been cutting 175 milligrams testosterone and 100 milligrams primo per week for one and a half months in total. Thomas Arten is 40 milligrams, then bivalol five milligrams. Blood pressure is nicely in a range. Uh, it might be a little bit too much ancillaries for the amount of steroids you're taking, but um, yeah, please check your serum potassium levels also next time you go in for blood work. I uh, was feeling weak, overtrained, went to the hospital, took an EKG, said it's an electrocardiogram or an electro uh, echocardiogram. Showed not good troponin I, 430, then down 394 after two weeks. What the fuck? Uh, I would get some additional heart imaging done because we're not sure if that's about the steroids you're taking or uh, previous pandemic uh, issues, uh, right? All things combined. So um, I would discuss this with a cardiologist. It's that simple, right? I'm, I'm not familiar on what to do if um, cardiac markers are elevated. Otherwise, I would be able to get mine in range, which none of the cardiologists here in Thailand have an explanation for. So uh, I hope you can find a good cardiologist and then uh, discuss it with them, right? And, and maybe do some additional imaging. So please, yeah, don't uh, don't ask me. Thanks for your super chat, but uh, I'm not qualified to... Uh, really help you with that besides refer you to a cardiologist all right next one let's see sean love from philadelphia i had a lot of Phil philadelphia cream cheese today my cheesecake <laughs> all right big house what are your thoughts on thyroid stimulating hormone being in the low end of the reference range and t4 being way below the range body temperature is low okay so that might be impaired metabolism right but again you have to look into the total picture um see what's going on you know are your b vitamin deficient are you iodine deficient are you selenium deficient uh, do you have a pituitary adenoma all right there's, there's so many things that can go on and and going off low tsh and uh, low uh, t4 levels is a bit of a stretch so Right, do some additional research and do some additional testing to kind of piece that together because it could, it could be a multitude of different things or it could be a moment in time. <laughs> it could be a moment in time. 
All right, where are we? Thanks a lot. Already appointed uh, an echo, but I suspect left ventricular hypertrophy. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it, it, keep in mind, if cardiac markers are elevated, uh, it could be that spots of your heart are not getting enough oxygen. And uh, and then these, these kinds of markers are uh, going up, right? And it could be left ventricular hypertrophy. It could be uh, the previous uh, myocarditis uh, from, uh, you know, reasons uh it could be drug abuse <laughs> also it could be something uh, hereditary so again just get it diagnosed and discuss it with your cardiologist and look into your family history and your drug history which is pretty pretty easy i mean if it's uh you know 175 milligrams of test and 100 milligrams of primo right but the telmosartan and the bivol i think is overdoing it a little bit so again run it all past uh, somebody who's qualified on the heart and then uh, take it from there yeah <laughs> fuck should i even mention this uh this is why we use pharmaceutical grades yeah but heavy metal uh, uh content of underground labs coming from china or india that's that's always been a common problem so i would stick with pharmaceutical grades yeah as i always tell you guys right or homebrew homebrew or pharmaceutical grades but underground labs especially ones from china dude i would not touch that even if it was the last gear on the planet Fuck no. Even though all the raws come from China, but if a third party is uh, testing that, then, uh, you know, in the form of a pharmaceutical grade and have particular guidelines, United, Standard, United States Standard Pharmacopoeia, for example, good manufacturing practices, then at least you're less of a risk that your, um, you know, the raws that they get from China are uh, contaminated. And that's also a risk that you run actually with homebrewing, right? Unless you go with a real legitimate source. And even then, I would still send it into Janoshik or another place to test to see if there's any heavy metals or other contaminants in there. Yeah. yeah the longer uh, you do this, the what kind of picture is that? Is that a, is that a not safe for work picture? As a dog. <laughs> I thought of something else. <laughs> All right. Ethros. Uh, which aromatized inhibitors is the quickest to clear from your system for a water test and how much time is needed since the last dose to pass the test? All right, let's see if I have my notes here. And again, the the the, the Olympics are coming up, guys, and after that, I'm not sure if the detection times are still valid because I heard through the grapevine that they're really stepping up their, uh, their, uh, their detection time and screening uh, game. Let's see... Uh... Where is it? Ah, here it is. PD detection time. All right. Now let's just scroll down to the bottom. All right, unknown detection time. Let's resolve. And this is 2020. 2020. I haven't looked at it into since 2020, so I couldn't find the detection time then. Uh, so that one I wouldn't use or do research. Many of the studies that that mention uh, you know doping tests actually are published in PubMed. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Aromasin is three weeks, and Arimidex is five weeks. So yeah, Aromasin. I would go to Aromasin. Seems to be a three week detection time, and that's pretty recent. 
I might uh, put that in the member section, just re uh, go through all of the scientific evidence regarding the detection times, but it's very late on the to-do list. Yeah, that's very late. I want to go through all the steroid profiles first, and that's a lot of work, right? I already started, but it will be a while before I'm ready to um, uh, start recording uh, because, you know, you need to have everything kind of in place to, uh, to really draw a good conclusion and just get started with those videos. But I did uh, debunk the anabolic to androgenic ratings. Yeah. That was a fun one. 50 minutes long. It's probably going to be in the membership section also. Because it will get no views. So long story short, uh, anabolic to androgenic ratings from the anabolics uh, books. Uh, stretched. Very far stretch. Yeah. So aromacin is uh, the way we go. Three weeks. Three weeks detection time. Yeah. But of course... Um, you know, if you stop your testosterone at five weeks out, then you don't need aromacin because the testosterone levels will just decline. Even though testosterone propionate, you can use up to two weeks and uh, testosterone suspension up to four or five days, depending on uh, the scar tissue that you pin it in. Uh, and again, the detection time for testosterone suspension with subcutaneous administration is not really known. And so last week I mentioned about D-chiro inositol, right? D-chiro Inositol aromatized. Let's see. No. Is an aromatized down regulator. I'll link it here at the top. Have a look at this. Save. Look at that PubMed study that I just posted. So just refresh this. You might be able to use that instead of aromacin. While the aromacin is clearing from your system. Blake, thoughts on Brian Johnson's and satin gene therapy treatment he just did. Uh, I haven't really looked into what Brian Johnson was doing, but you guys asked me last week about that uh, folistatin uh, skeletal muscle-specific uh, drug. What was it called? Uh, AC folistatin uh, peptide. What was it called? I forgot. But it, it does look very promising. Yeah. Yeah, it does it does look pretty promising. I just forgot the name. I've been researching about SARMs all week because you guys wanted to see a SARMs only video, a SARMs only cycle video. Uh so yeah, I, I mean it, it does look promising. Uh I talked with um I was at the Dr. Adil Khan seminar who also talked about uh, folistatin gene therapy and what was his name? Uh, Juju Mufu actually did one or two treatments, and then I talked to Juju Mufu, and he said he he didn't really feel any difference. So, right, and he's a pretty big guy and uh, well trained, and allegedly on a little bit more than uh, folistatin uh, gene therapy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. I guess uh, Doctor Adil Khan was willing to get on the podcast, but it might be somewhere next year because Christmas is coming around. So, all these guys are uh, kind of you know having a, an easy time going forward uh what compound cycles would you recommend for an 18 19 to address sorry Dwayne, i can't no i can't answer this question and you know why you know why so good luck uh thanks for your nine pounds ten pounds but i cannot answer that question you need to discuss this with a medical professional right so sorry i can't help you there Sorry, buddy. You're going to have to figure that out for yourself, right? This is not the right place to ask that. You need to ask that with a medical professional and, and, and get diagnosed if you even have hypothyroidism 
or uh, go through puberty correctly because you might think you didn't go through it um, and you want to go through a masculinization protocol. But maybe uh, the medical professional has a different idea for that. And um, I cannot contribute to the risk that you're willing to take. So good luck. Good luck. Will you be live streaming more often? Uh, no. Once a week is more than enough. <laughs> once, per, once per week is more than enough, guys. Yeah. Plus, uh, these, these live streams, because the audience retention is so shit, it kind of kills your channel. So, you know, the shorts kill your channel. The live streams kill your channel. It's, it's you know, YouTube is fucked, man. If you want to grow your channel, all you can do is make 10, 20-minute videos. That's it. Right, and then you have to make a new channel and live stream there. But how many people are going to move over? Right? And then people start complaining. Oh, you do the live stream on your main channel. Right? Dude, you can't win, man, on this platform. <laughs> can't fucking win. People are bitching about the smallest things. So once a week. Yeah, so here, Ace083. Ace, uh, so yeah, it, it did a little bit of research on it this week. So it's a folosatin uh, drug. Uh, it does look promising. Yeah, but uh, legitimate sources or, or talking to people who use it. Uh, I haven't run, uh, you know, ran into anybody yet. So I would probably have to do more research and, and run an experiment for myself. But I know I can ask, uh, you know, some pros if they've looked into it. But then again, you know, like if you inject IGF-1, right, intramuscularly, you would assume it to work locally, right? But that's not the case. It still spills into the bloodstream, and then you can detect it there. So you inject the growth hormone or IGF-1 into your chest, and then, uh, of course, you get a little bit of a localized effect, a little bit of a pump, right? But then serum IGF-1 levels also go up. So that's a systemic effect. And if you put ACE-083 and say it's 100% uh, skeletal muscle selective, and the, the evidence might show that to a certain extent in animal models. <laughs> so I take it all with a grain of salt. So it's, um, you know, yeah, man, I lost my thought there. <laughs> if, if the ACE083 uh, is going systemic and then starts binding to or, or starts potentiating, uh, you know, folostatin uh, inhibiting effects uh, or folostatin effects, myostatin inhibiting effects in the organs, then eventually your organs will grow also. So I would proceed with caution, even though it does look promising, right? Um, let people run some experiments. And then, uh, you know, I mean, growing muscle tissue, you would want to do at the least expense of your organs. And I think there's enough, you know, people out there with blown out organs and, and, and big waist and that kind of stuff. So if you want to keep bodybuilding aesthetic again, uh, I would proceed with caution. Uh, but eventually we'll give uh, Dr. Khan uh, on and then uh, he can talk about it because obviously he's applying these therapies to people already. So. <clears throat> so uh, just stay tuned for that interview. Let's see. A fitness. Steve, is there a difference between IGF-1 R3 and growth hormone intramuscular versus sub-Q? I have seen both sides uh, with the heightened IGF. So, yeah, I mean, if you inject it uh, intramuscularly, you would uh, assume a localized effect. Now, I've done growth hormone in my right chest for about a year straight. 
I didn't grow my right chest because I feel my right chest is a little bit smaller. And that was pharmaceutical neurotropin and genotropin. So um, even though the scientific evidence might show that IGF-1 through autocrine, uh, you know, uh, might increase, um, you know, real world experience begs to differ. Now, if you start injecting IGF-1 and LO3, I do feel you get a localized effect. Yeah, I got that from the Incrolex and I got that from the IGF-1 and LR3. Um, but it will still spill into the bloodstream where you can detect it with serum analysis. So um, I would say growth hormone has, uh, I would say, marginal effects locally. And of course, you know, autocrine uh, IGF-1 uh, signaling might occur, but it will probably be marginally compared to uh, IGF-1 injection. So if you're going to go this route, um, do it all intramuscularly and, and do a lot of deep tissue massage therapy because even those insulin syringes, the scar tissue will build up. Yeah. Make Aaron use it. Yeah, uh, but I'm not going to pay for him. <laughs> so I have to decide that for himself. Let's see. Hopefully the algo for live streams will be better. YouTube has a podcast tab too. Google Podcasts is being shut down. Really? I just I just applied there. So YouTube will have to take over those users. Long format videos could get better treatment. I know they said the ad blocks were going to increase revenue streams, but uh, I haven't seen it. <laughs> anyway, it's just it's just YouTube is just a marketing platform, right? And then you need to attach additional services to that, like personalized services or ebooks or membership sites or affiliates, right? In the end, all of this is just promotion. And whatever I get extra on top of that from the YouTube algo, a couple extra thousand dollars, great. Uh, a couple super chats, which are also declining, by the way. Right? I used to make like 200 bucks, 250 bucks per live stream, and now it's like 75 bucks. <laughs> yeah, the economy is bad. So all things are declining, which is okay. We're still going to keep going, though, because uh, live streams are fun, right? And you guys seem to enjoy it. So we're still going to keep going. But I might have to pull the plug uh, after my wife uh, is pregnant and gives birth. So nine months from now, at least, because she's not pregnant yet. Um, because then I don't think I can spare this two and a half hours uh, because I'll be on baby duty. Uh, because uh, my wife will go to bed at 11. And then I'm awake until like, you know, four o'clock in the morning. Uh, so she can have a proper night's sleep and I can be on baby duty. So there might not be any live streams then anymore, maybe once a month. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. AK, hey, any opinion on Dr. James here on YouTube? So, yeah, I just found this YouTube channel, uh, I think, a week ago, and he just did blood work today. Uh, seems like a fun guy. Uh, a lot of overlap with my content, though. <laughs> I will say that. I will say that, Dr. James. There's a lot of overlap. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of overlap. Uh, but he looks like a fun dude. I mean, I like his editing style. His message is good. He's positive. Um, I think he's really playing into this oral only uh, stuff, you know, and, and, uh, it, like I got started, like, uh, you know, semi promotion of uh, performance enhancing drugs. <laughs> uh, that's always the best way to grow. So I like this guy. Yeah. Maybe we should get him on a podcast too. Yeah. Maybe we should get him on too. So send him a message, tell him to watch his live streams, uh, say that Steve is interested, All right? Make it so go forth and make it so All right? engage. <laughs> engage in a positive way yeah i'm not sure if he's really a doctor but hey if tony can get away with it then i'm sure james can get away with it too crypto is going up right now let's see 
Oh man, it says 44. What are you talking about? That's stop bullshitting me. All right, never mind. And then I have all my charts here. Bags are looking better every day. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Is your wife pregnant? No, not yet. Not yet, guys. It takes time. Sucks though. Sucks. I'm 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 making love to her so hard, but she's still not pregnant yet. You would think that, you know, based on all the the, the education that they gave in school, that getting a, your wife pregnant is going to be uh, easy. But when you're 40 years old, it takes a while. So, no, stay tuned. Luckily, I, I'm in a good shape, physical, healthy. And even though TRT is really on my mind all the time, I'm still managing. I'm still strong in the gym. I still look good. I have a six-pack. I'm lean. I'm energetic. I'm productive. Uh, but I would kill for a load of TRT, that's for sure. Yeah, but so far, so good. Don't worry. Yeah, it's not difficult at all to be on ATG monotherapy. And people that bitch about it, um, well, probably haven't lived life much. <laughs> much worse things than coming off testosterone. <laughs> then again, my testosterone levels are 700 nanograms per deciliter. So if you come off testosterone, you do ATG monotherapy, and it's like 200 nanograms per deciliter, okay, I would complain too. Yeah, I would complain too. Uh, we. Uh, do you still take growth hormone? Yes, I still take growth hormone. Yeah, 2.4 IUs per day. Yeah, because I'm growth hormone deficient and growth, no, that's not really true, but growth hormone does have a positive effect on libido. So, or uh, uh, not more libido, maybe. Uh, fertility, yeah. Plenty of scientific evidence that shows that. Um, so growth hormone is still in the picture and then ATG and FSH. And then, uh, you know, around the time that I try to get my wife pregnant, some extra glutathione. Yeah, even though after I did my DNA fragmentation tests, I uh, brought the dose down quite significantly because I realized I didn't need that much glutathione every single day. So I brought it down. What's your free tea looking at the moment? Uh, well, my SHBG was like 55 or 60. So off the top, I never look at my free tea. I, I, all these guys, look at your free tea. Look at you. That's more important. It's a total, it's not just one number. It doesn't matter if it's free tea or bioavailable tea. You have to look into the total picture of all your health parameters. So I have no idea what my free tea is off the top of my head. I know that my total tea is anywhere between 600 to 700. Uh, my estrogen is uh, around 30 to 35. And it's also total estrogen, right? And uh, whatever my free tea for, I mean, I could put it into a fucking uh, calculator, right? A, a total free testosterone what is that website calculator yeah hm.ch albumin is usually 4.4 shbg is about 55 my total testosterone is let's say 700 last time i checked so my free testosterone is 11 nanograms per deciliter and my bioavailable is 265 that's from what I remember. Maybe I have it here. Uh, no. I made a video about uh, my blood work before and after the United States. And my blood work after the United States was not good. <laughs> so I was pretty harsh. And then I went through the pre-edit. And then I realized, you know, my American audience is like 40%. They're not going to like it. So <laughs> I did not upload that video. Long story short... 
Um, a lot of markers got bad <laughs> after a month in the US. Uh, but my testosterone levels were pretty similar because I stayed on top of my ATG and FSH. Thank you, Chase Irons. Yeah, lifesaver. All right, where are we? Hey, coach, tips for muscle spasms. It's not electrolytes, taking taurine and magnesium. Um, maybe you're choline deficient. You know, alpha GPC might help or just choline rich foods. I mean, it helps with central nervous system signaling to a skeletal muscle. And you see that choline deficiency might cause, actually, wasn't that high choline levels? Uh, high choline muscle spasms. Man, I really re recorded this video last week. Uh, Entrepreneur Tropics notes. Thank God I still have these notes available here. Acetylcholine. All right, where is it? All right, symptoms of low acetylcholine. Memory deficits, cognitive impairment, muscle difficulty concentrating, and muscle weakness. Oh, high acetylcholine, muscle spasms. All right, so don't supplement with choline. See how much choline you're getting in, right? If you're taking a boatload of alpha-GPC, maybe that's the cause. Yeah, it's good that I remember it, but it was not low, uh, low uh, choline levels, but high choline levels. Look there. Let's see. Flare 93. My blood glucose went from 81 to 91 within a week despite using berberine. 10,000 steps every day and doing cardio four times a week, uh, four times uh, a weekend. Is it time for a diet? Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. Sounds like it, but then again, you're not over 100 milligrams per deciliter yet. So uh, if you're currently on the bulk, um, a bulk harder, bro, 10,000 steps every day doing cardio four times a weekend. So what, you do morning and evening, but the rest of the week, you just do 10,000 steps. Uh, maybe cut your carbs, uh, you know, for like two days, three days in half, and then see what happens to your blood glucose levels and your body weight, right? Maybe you drop it quite significantly, and maybe that is your mini diet to kind of resensitize it. Yeah, maybe your, your, your fasting cortisol levels are just uh, elevated because you're doing so many steps and so much cardio. And then maybe you're slightly stressed. And if cortisol levels are elevated in the morning, you release more blood glucose in the morning as well. And thus your fasting blood glucose levels are going up. So, right, look into all the things. And, uh, yeah, make some adjustments. Magic Baby, I bought your insulin ebook and you mentioned an ebook about nutrition. Yeah, I, I, I plan to make about a lot of ebooks and then people started copying it. Um, so I didn't make any more ebooks. <laughs> it's that simple. So I mentioned like an acne ebook and a blood pressure ebook and all that kind of stuff because I expected all those, uh, you know, to make all those ebooks. And then, then they started, adding, you know, ending up on, on forums where they got downloaded like 7,000 times. So you do the math, you see the insulin ebook download 7,000 times, times $100. That's a lot of revenue lost. So I didn't feel inclined to make more, right? And I don't have the manpower or incentive to start, uh, you know, sending DMCA takedown. So what we're going to do is do all that stuff behind the paywall, and then it won't be $100. Well, insulin uh, details will be a hundred behind the $100 paywall with other e uh, information. 
um but it will just be 20 bucks so when it's ready it's ready you have a boatload of uh you know high quality videos that you guys are familiar with from me and i'll promise you that will put all the other member side membership sites to shame <laughs> my content will fucking destroy all these guys yeah you'll see so stay tuned stay tuned uh aka grata occult uh how do you keep keto enjoyable and sustainable i know you have a video on this where you give 2500 calories for ketogenic diet but if i was wondering if you do this every single day i eat the same fucking day every single day or uh, same fucking food every single day so i eat for purpose and if i want to go uh eat for enjoyment then it's over the weekend so you have one cheat meal in the week or you enjoy yourself you know, if you want to follow this lifestyle, if you want to be healthy, you got to disassociate the pleasure from the nutrition, All right? So throughout the entire week, I eat steak, I eat salmon, I eat chicken, I eat eggs. Once in a while, I have a little bit of pork. Once in a while, I have a little bit of shrimp. Once in a while, I have some white fish, you know, and then other points in time, I don't have any steak. I eat more white fish, right? Depending on what my goals are. I have a boatload of vegetables. I have some avocados, some nuts, seeds, you know, chia seeds, flax seeds, all that shit. And I get insane pleasure of knowing that my uh, meal is um, highly nutritious and, and doing all kinds of good stuff to my body, not making it inflamed, not making me have digestion issues. Like my digestion right now, fuck, so good. It just goes through. Maybe tomorrow not because I just had Cheesecake Factory and that's, of course, uh, you know, a little bit uh, outside of my dietary uh, uh, restrictions normally. But, um, I mean, learn how to cook and learn how to enjoy nutritious foods um, because uh, that that is the way to go, right? You have to enjoy the healthy part of it. And it and then once, in a, uh, once a week, you go eat whatever the fuck you want. So at least, you, you know, you uh, fulfill that craving. But not more than once a week. And if you can't do that, then, well, I don't know what to say. You know? I need to eat. Oh, too bad. What's up, buddy? Welcome to the Vickers crew, dude. Thank you, brother, for all you do. My pleasure. Thanks for joining. Follow-up. Uh, all right. Is uh, D-Chiroinositol that you recommend it currently banned for a sport? No, it's not. No. <laughs> no it is not and what's the difference from ITTP which is banned is ITPP banned is that banned was it I can't remember so decaroinositol is not banned um and it, it it works differently so ITTP works mostly by man was that correct Minocetyl tripyrophosphate. Hey, it was increasing the, the hemoglobin oxygen concentration, right? Is that banned? Is it? Can't remember. Let's see. Allow all. I thought I included in the water prohibited list. Oh, no, I included it in, in the endurance deep dive. This WADA website is... Natural is enough. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Fucking losers. 
fuck the people that work for WADA are fucking pathetic, dude. Fucking weirdos. And I met plenty of them and they're all fucking weirdos. Uh prohibited lists. Well, hopefully the enhanced games will take off and then this fucking water joke of a fucking organization will no longer be uh, in power. Give it a few years. All right, where is this fucking list? I like it how they don't just have it on the fucking front page so they can inform athletes. You have to, you know. All right, let's search this fucking list for inositol. Nothing of the sorts of inositol is on the water. Uh, two, uh, what, why, why am I getting the 2023? These fucking clowns, dude. All right, prohibited list. Sorry, guys. I have to use Google. Is this the proper list? Download options. English. Do I get the 20? Ah, here it is. Okay. Inositol. Dude, inositol is not on the prohibited list. Not decaro inositol, not, uh, what is it called? Uh, Myoinositol tripyrophosphate. It's not on the prohibited list. So you can take both. Which is banned. ITPP. ITTP is not on the list, dude. Maybe it's banned by your uh, private, uh, uh, you know, sports, but I don't think it's on there. Their website is annoying to navigate. Yeah. Yeah, we should, uh, well, what's it? Uh, a designated denial of service? <laughs> Bring these fuckers down. <laughs> No, not banned, dude. Not banned. Here, I'll link it down below so you can have a look at the list yourself. And guys, do me a favor. Do me a favor. F in the chat. F in chat if you think WADA is fucking pathetic. Let's do it. Make it happen. F in the chat. Let's go. There's 113 people here. Show me the love. <laughs> uh, you guys are great. All right, let's start answering the question. <laughs> Ethro, send me the link where ITD, ITPP is banned. I couldn't find it in the prohibited list, dude. And then again, why if they want to make you fail, they'll make you fail, dude. They'll just change arbitrarily. They change the the rules and they'll make you fail for something or they'll they'll say that you failed and then you ask for sample b to be tested and then you're not failed corrupt as fuck these pieces of shit. yeah yeah can't wait for Dor dr Aaron de souza to uh, make his dreams uh, come true uh, thanks. The cognitive gains on keto are fully worth it. Also, thanks for recommending Ubiquinol. Had great cardio today despite still adapting to keto. Yeah, just keep doing the keto, man. After a month, 
two months, you feel absolutely great. Of course, it's not good for gains, but it's good for cognitive effects, right? I mean, I never claimed that keto is going to be magic to gain all kinds of muscle size. So the bodybuilding community uh, is always like, oh, keto doesn't work, keto doesn't work. It works great if you prioritize making money over making gains. And and that's why all the entrepreneurs that I talk to that are banking, right? the gains are in the bank account. Most of them are doing keto, dude. A lot of them are doing keto. Not all of them, but a large portion that I talk to are doing keto. And they're that's like, dude, I'm I'm like five times more productive, and my income has uh, you know tripled or whatever, doubled. Uh, and then the bodybuilders like, yeah, I'm not gonna gain any muscle. Okay, well, fine, just stay broke meathead. Then that's you know, it's your choice. Um, I do keto for cognition and productivity, and uh, I, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, but I'm I'm a better entrepreneur than I ever was a bodybuilder. Even though I was a pretty good bodybuilder when I was 120 kilos, I was uh, a better bodybuilder than some of the ed educators out there. That's for sure. More developed, and I could still pull a vacuum at 120 kilos. Yeah. Step by step uh, guide to diagnose gyno formation at home. Uh, um, all right, so you touch your nipples once every two days, not multiple times per day, every two days, because all the guys that fear that they have gyno, they start uh, touching their nipples as much as uh, Paul Burnett does on uh, his live stream. Paul, you need to stop doing that, please. <laughs> Paul. <laughs> okay, never mind. So, um, all right, check your, check your nipple once every two days so you don't uh, induce some sort of inflammation. And uh, in the meantime, when you're touching your nipples every two days, schedule uh, blood work and you check your uh, serum progesterone, your serum prolactin, your serum estrogens, and uh, and then look into your stack, right? If you're taking progestogenic 19 ors um, the nandrolone, trestolone, chick drops, maybe take that out. If you're taking, uh, you know, uh, something like uh, Dianabol, it converts into methyl estradiol, and your estradiol levels are high, or you take testosterone and nandrolone without an aromatized inhibitor, take the nandrolone and the Dianabol out and put some fucking aromacin in your protocol and maybe block the estrogen receptors with uh, Nolvidix or Tamoxifen, right? So uh, that's basically it. And if it's already there and it's formed and it's hard and it's lumpy, then you can shrink it with 50% with raloxifene, which uh, comes with its own risks. Um, uh, the laundry list of uh, selective estrogen receptor modulator side effects, short-term and long-term are uh, extensive. So do some research. 120 milligrams of raloxifene every single day after about a month or even two weeks can shrink your gyno by half. And then when you stop it, because it's not sustainable, the gyno will come back. And then you still need to do surgery. Guys, you guys are epic. So many Fs in the chat. F that. Exactly. F that. Too much politics and bodybuilding. I just trained for myself. Yeah, true, man. Yeah, UFC got rid of USADA. Yeah, they're doing a new organization, and the website will follow your organization. We're testing preferences. Uh, welcome to day. Yeah, they have some sort of new test, right? I don't know, man. I uh, I stay away from all this drug testing stuff uh, nowadays. It just fucking pisses me off because many of the athletes don't even know how to follow through on the advice. And then they fail. And they ask them, did you follow through? And they're like, no, I excluded, you know, uh, the, the uh, this practice to, uh, you know, modify the cytochrome P450 enzymes. And then it's my fault. And I told them exactly how to fucking do it. So I'm just, uh, after 10 years of... Uh, 
guiding athletes. I'm kind of done with it, man. Um, let's see. Abs in the humway. All right. Uh, I've heard you speak about NAD plus IV. I thought energy injections are done subcutaneously. No, man. <laughs> IV. Uh, those shits frequently. I've heard uh, they burn. Congrats on hitting 100,000 subs. Thank you. Been following you since the Barbro days. And you've always been consistent. Yes. 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 Um, but you can't blame Derek. And you can't blame Leo also for not being consistent. Right, Derek is very busy, and unfortunately, Leo passed. So, I'm uh, I'm still going. Yeah, Derek uh, is just uh, playing too many video games. <laughs> so, about the NAD uh, plus injections, I, I like to do it intravenously, uh, dissolved in about uh, or you know uh, diluted in 500 milliliters normal saline solution, and then administer um, 200 milligrams uh, every week. Yeah, I feel that that really, really helps with my overall health and benefits and cognition, recovery. Um, you know, basically, I feel like five, five, six years younger. Yeah. So, uh, and of course, I use nicotinamide mononucleotide, which again, the, 11, the evidence is very, very thin when it comes to NAD plus and NMN. And even though I poo-poo on SARMs for having limited evidence, the difference is, is that NAD plus is bioidentical. <laughs> Nicotinamide mononucleotides by identical, and SARBs are not. Right? So if you want to take something with limited scientific evidence, take something that's more on the bioidentical side compared to the synthetic side. That would be my recommendation. Um, yeah, NAD plus IV, 100 milligrams to 200 milligrams once a week. And then uh, you use maybe 500 to, you know, 750, maybe 1,000 milligrams nicotinamide mononucleotide or a similar dose of nicotinamide riboside. Again, some people respond well to uh, NMN and some people respond better to NR. Uh, there's two camps, but the results are the same. Use what you like, use what you can afford, and, um, you know, enjoy uh, an increased quality of life. I should get Physionic on so you can shit on nicotinamide mononucleotide and I'll tell them that I've been taking taurine and N-acetylcysteine since before all the scientific evidence came to the forefront and that I've been on the anti-aging bandwagon since I was uh, taking clenbuterol basically because taurine, of course, we took for clenbuterol reasons. <laughs> Not for anti-aging uh, benefits. Joel, hey, what's up, dude? Uh, great meeting you at the Olympia. Looking forward to crossing in Thailand next year. Yeah, come over, man. Come over. Come eat at the Cheesecake Factory here. No, that's not the reason to come to Thailand, but come to Thailand anyway. I mean, a lot of Americans, uh, you know what's funny? Like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when I came here, there was very little Americans. And now it's just getting flooded. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know why everybody wants to leave, but... um. It's 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 uh, there's a, a, a huge influx of Americans into Thailand as of recent. Is that my fault? No, I don't think so. Right? You want to leave? It's not like you want to come meet me. <laughs> it's you want to you want to come leave and do something new. Yeah, but uh, out of all the YouTubers in Thailand, who's the OG one? Ah, 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 yes, I was here before Tony. I was here before everybody else, man. Yeah. So if I say that NAD Plus works, early adopter. Early adopter. All right, where are we before we go uh, fucking off the rails? Here is the link for ITDP. I, I mean, can you post the link? I don't see it. 
just uh just type it out you probably can't post links here i think you can allow it though let's see itpp band ITPP is included in the World Anti-Doping Agency prohibited list of substances for human use. Doping, myo, and acetyl. Okay, so why isn't it not mentioned? Why, why the fuck is it not mentioned on the banned list? This is a, an article from Thermo Fisher. Is that the one that you mean? Screening and confirmation of ITDP. Let's see, it's uh failed lead. Anybody ever failed for ITPP? Is it really is it really banned? Why the fuck don't they specify it then? UK anti-doping agency. Uh 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 retested. It's only one result. Hmm. Well, maybe at one point I'll revisit this, but the amount of people that contact me for uh, drug testing helping is uh, minimal. <laughs> so I don't really keep up to date with that stuff, honestly. Works great though. Yeah, <laughs> works great. All right, where are we? Uh, are there any ongoing studies for SARMs of peptides? So uh, let's. Well, I don't have it here. Do I have? So I index all the SARMs uh, articles. No, I don't have it here. And uh, apparently, there's a lot of new Austrian studies, and that BMS. Um, from like 2020 to 2023, actually quite a few new studies that I read, uh, but it's all in the context of osteoporosis or cachexia and cancer patients. So, you know, you can extrapolate from that into, uh, you know, potential applications for bodybuilding. But oh, uh, can you delete SAD A? I don't want to see this, uh, this kind of shit. Just block the guy permanently. I don't have time for this nonsense. I'm going to fuck, you know what? I'm going to put that country to the band. Settings. Community. Uh, what is it? All right. There you go. Go be political somewhere else. Man, that fucker. So, yeah, a lot of new uh, ongoing studies. I mean, you just got to stay on top of it, you know, for peptides and for SARMs as well. So some of the SARMs that are still undergoing clinical trials, a lot of the evidence is now starting to come to the forefront, you know. So, but let's see. I mean, none of them have passed a, a clinical application yet. So... And, and and let's be honest, SARMs have been stuck in development hell uh, longer than Duke Nukem forever. Yeah, some of the SARMs were already um, 
20 years ago, 2003, 2005, 2007. And, and there's like one or two studies on it, you know? So, and people would still like to use it more than uh, just buying good old Anivar. Uh, let's see, where were we? Let's see. Any ways of increasing ferritin or transfer levels and keeping iron the same? Aim is to utilize already high blood iron saturation to uh, aiding in the production of red blood cells. I don't think you can. I mean, unless you use something like EPO to kind of help with the red blood cell production. Uh, but I don't think you can modulate ferritin or transferrin and would that even overlap into red blood cell production. I mean, you can increase the oxygen carrying capacity of hemoglobin by taking ITPP. Um, and of course, you can use an altitude mask or EPO to increase your red blood cell count. But, you know, these these things are going to, uh, you know, change because ferritin, serum iron levels, transferrin, I mean, are just... They're just basically stores for iron, right? Of course, serum iron is free iron, duh. Um, you know, and then hemoglobin allegedly basically is also a store of iron until it's metabolized into bilirubin and the iron is freed and recycled and potentially stored in ferritin. So, um, you know, if you want to utilize already high blood iron saturation to aid in the production of red blood cells, I think you need EPO or an altitude mask to increase the production of red blood cells or vitamin B9, B12. Maybe you're deficient in that, you know? I mean, those contribute to red blood cell production also. So look into a couple options. Adrian, what's up? Uh, currently on 600 milligrams of test. Holy shit. 750 milligrams Primo, nice. Plus 25 milligrams or 20 milligrams Anivar per day. Estradiol was over the reference range. So I've been using 10 milligrams Aromacin every other day. Is that too much Aromacin? Uh, 10 milligrams aromacin every other day. I'm surprised your estrogen is uh, over the range, but how high was your estrogen, right? Are we talking about um, 40, 50? I think with that much testosterone and primo in your system, I think 40, 50 picograms per milliliter is ideal, right? So, um, you know, Adrian, please clarify. Gerd talked about Nandrolone having cancer risk in a video. Any backing uh, to this? Uh, I'm not aware. So let's go to PubMed together. PubMed. It's something you can do yourself. I don't have to ask your influencer friends to uh, do it for you, but I will. Nandrolone cancer. All right. I see a lot of, uh, you know, evidence as a cancer prevention uh, therapy or preventing uh, memory carcinomas but but there's 310 results so i might have to do some digging was it uh, carcinogen let's see if nandrolone is a carcinogen I don't see anything in the titles. So I don't know. Ask Kurt. Now Kurt is really into the scientific evidence. So just, just shoot him a DM on uh, Instagram and ask him, hey, uh, you talked about Nandrolone having cancer risk. Uh, show me the study. All right? And then uh, read it for yourself. 
And then see what uh, if there is any merit, you know. And otherwise, uh, look into the powerlifting community who take an androlone uh, like candy, see if they all develop cancer. I think not. Uh, let's see, Adrian, did you reply? Fifty-six nanograms per liter. Uh, I think that's fine, dude. I think that's fine. I don't think you're at any risk of uh, de developing libido issues or other side effects or blood pressure increases. I mean, your testosterone is off the scale with that much. So I would say that this estrogen is totally fine. And you don't need to bring it any lower. No, don't need to bring it any lower. I would forgo the aromacin. 600 milligrams test, 750 primo. How do I expect your estrogen to be lower though? Yeah. Are are we uh, are we still with the good uh, the good source over there in Canada, Adrian? When are you coming over? Bring the kids, show them around. We got cheesecake factory here now. That's one cheesecake factory more than Canada has. <laughs> I can get Derek over finally. Uh, is there anything that I can add to a fast with LL37 uh, BPC157 glutamine to heal gastritis faster? Also, how to counter lethargy and anhedonia from growth hormone even at 1 IU? Um, I'm going to take the growth hormone out. If, it, if it's that bad at, uh, already, then or take it before bed when you, you know, then, uh, yeah, take it before bed so at least the lethargy is gone the next day. I mean, I take 2.4 IU's growth hormone over the day, two shots, and I'm not lethargic at all. So, I mean, uh, people say that they get lethargic from one IU growth hormone. I'm not even sure if that's even possible, dude, unless there's something underlying and then the growth hormone pushes you over the edge. And anhedonia, I mean, it can come from so many things. So, uh, and again, I, I mean, if you're, neuro, if you're like the gut microbiome is a huge production site of neurotransmitters. So, of course, you're going to kill your uh, intestinal tract with the L37. And then uh, if you have gastritis, right, the BBC157 and the glutamine, that will all certainly help. I, I don't have any additional recommendations. After that, you need to repopulate your gut microbiome. Supplement with some neurotransmitter precursors like L-tryptophan. Um, you know, uh, foods high, uh, rich in L-tryptophan and L-tyrosine and glutamine and... Um, and choline, right? Choline by tartrate supplements you can look into. Why is all those entrepreneur stacks? I mean, the entrepreneur uh, nootropic stack is not just for entrepreneurship, but it's also for mental health. Uh, but I didn't want to uh, advertise it as such because uh, then you uh, have to, uh, you know, uh, go against the grain. And uh, I'm so tired of seeing the comments recently after doing all those collaborations so uh, it's just an entrepreneur upregulation but the information in there is very very solid if you want to improve your mental health and energy levels um after you fix your gut microbiome so again uh, follow the protocol through and then uh you know look into uh, healthy food sources right healthy eating is very very important for your mental health and your energy levels so once it's healed make sure you stay eating healthy i mean i feel super energetic all day long every day and I, but I eat healthy and I eat very boring um, because that works the best, right? So uh, taste aside, uh, health is more important. So, and then maybe you don't even get lethargic or anhedonia from uh, one IU growth hormone because all of your neurotransmitters are there, right? The, the L-tryptophan is helping with the serotonin production. The L-tyrosine is helping with the dopamine production. The choline is helping with acetylcholine production, right? So 
watch the entrepreneur deep dive video series in whole right next next one will drop on monday it will that will probably change your life dude yeah yeah at the end of december let's see thank you so much my guys see you in february okay awesome see you then buddy yeah we'll go out to the beirut again yeah but at this time it's your treat <laughs> let's see we have cheesecake factory in toronto really i didn't know that why is derek always going to the u.s to eat cheesecake we have me and derek we have a little um we have a little joke every time we go to cheesecake factory we show the bread let me see if uh So I send them. Shit, can I show this? Yeah, I can show that. Okay. So I send this to Derek today. All right. Well, why is it reflecting, dude? There you go. Yeah, it's me eating the bread. And then Derek sent me a couple of weeks ago. He was in the U.S. I guess he didn't go to Cheesecake Factory when he was at Rogan. Some shit that should never be seen. <laughs> yeah, and then Derek should be this a while back. Yeah, it's a fucking cheesecake factory bread. <laughs> Love that shit. Yeah. I didn't know, man. They had it in Toronto, too. All right, let's go back to the drug questions. If 50 is dial too high for TRT, I mean, I, the. No, I don't think so. I think top of the range, slightly over the reference range is totally fine, man. I mean, if your testosterone levels are over the reference range, your estrogen can be over the reference range too. Right. BBC causes an anhedonia. It's probably that and not the GH. Yeah, it could be. But it's also super rare, man. I mean, everybody that experienced anhedonia from um, these drugs, I think they're deficient in the neurotransmitters, honestly. It's not the drug. It just pushes them over your heads. They were already sick. I mean, uh, we could take our uh, favorite hobo as an example. That guy was in a poor state of health, and then he takes a little bit of lion's mane, and then he is uh, he's fucked. He was already fucked. <laughs> he was already fucked. You know? And he's not intelligent enough to uh, listen to people who give him advice. So, yeah, then you stay fucked. Oh, well, uh, there's two hour line in Toronto for the cheesecake factory. That's why. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's long. Yeah, we had to wait like 20 minutes dude, today because we had a table of 13 people. So uh, it had to uh, kick a lot of people out. And then the general manager recognized me. He's also part of the vigorous crew. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It's like, Steve, I watch all your shit. It's like, okay. <laughs> And give me all the cheesecakes for free. No, I, I never ask for shit. I never ask for shit. I pay all the gyms I go to, and I pay all the restaurants. And if people recognize me and I want to give me some free stuff, sweet. I'm not going to say no, but I'm not asking for it. Uh, does pharma grade uh, 192 amino acids smell the same as generic? I mean, isn't it all 191 amino acids? You know, it's the extra amino acid that is uh, the methionyl. All right, the methionyl is the extra one, 192. So, and I don't think generics make 192 anymore. I think that's largely been discontinued. 
What's your favorite topic to talk about in PEDs and least favorite? Um, I like new stuff. I really like to talk about NAD plus and 5 amino 1MQ and, and, you know, all this mitochondrial upregulation, but it's so far beyond of what people actually are interested in because they want to know about train. Uh, least favorite is SARMs. <laughs> Yeah, and I still made a fucking video about it. So we'll drop uh, maybe, I don't know, hopefully next week. Yeah, my my editor's busy working on the uh, on the membership website content or membership section content. Love the content with Mark Bell. Yeah, it was fun, man. It was good to meet Mark. Yeah, me uh, train with them and uh, you know train at the gym and hang out and. Have some fun. I made some content for them extra, you know, made them extra videos. And uh yeah, it was good, man. It's good to meet these people. I mean, the bodybuilding community is is like the, the, the people that are just staples, right? They've been here for decades. And it's all great people, man. All great people. I mean, what pisses me off sometimes are the people in the comment section. So you do a collaboration with uh I don't know, Nile Niga or this, that person, right? Or Mark Bell or Elite FTS, and you just see people who've never seen you, never been introduced to your content, and then they just uh, start talking shit. And I'm like, God, dude, I've worked too hard for, you know, you to bring me down in a single comment. So I don't, I don't read it, of course, but it's, it's just surprising. Like, and I, I see the same thing on my channel. I do collaborations with people, and then people talk shit about the guests that I have on. So it's like, it's like the audience is possessive. And they don't want you to collaborate. They want to collaborate with you. And then you collaborate with somebody else and like, oh, this guy's full. Oh, don't you know that? Dude, man, I mean, just take a picture. Fucking relax. <laughs> uh, well, what can you do? You know, people are miserable and they uh, use social media to vent their frustrations about their own life, but direct it at you. All right. Next one. Yeah. Mark Bell's a good dude. Yeah, and uh, and uh, and Sima and uh, Andrew, I mean, all all great dudes, right? All the people that I met over there at Super Training, fucking nice people. Yeah. Uh, hey Steve, I've been contemplating letting my cats go outside and just stay in my house garden, but I'm super worried they might get injured or worse uh, in the dangerous outside. Thoughts? Uh, well, I mean, outside cats can bring in this uh, toxo toxoplasmosis, right? There's mostly a condition that, uh, that uh, or a bacteria that uh, outside cats have. Um, so even the outside cats the, we adopted, we tested them for toxoplasmosis and they don't have it yet, but I still have the medication here in case they do get it. And we'll bring them in for blood work every year also, just like our house cats. So, and of course we don't interact because the, the outside cats that we adopted, even though they're spayed and vaccinated and we take very good care of them, they're still outside. Um, it's outside cats that usually bring uh, diseases in. So uh, that is what you have to worry about. It uh, uh, cats are fucking godlike creatures. So I would not be too worried that they get injured if they're in the back, uh, the backyard, right, where the the cars can't get. Uh, but if there's a lot of cars in the neighborhood, yeah, then that is the risk that you run that they might end up underneath the car, and that is devastating. Um, so I'm happy that our uh, street cats are very, very close. But even even the street cats that we adopted, dude, they jump in front of my motorbike sometimes. I'm like, fuck, dude, tiger. Don't fucking do that, man. I'll drive over you. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's scroll down a little bit. Iron Grid, you're spamming. <laughs> yeah, one, two, three, four, five. Bro. 
Bro, don't make me put you in timeout, dude. <laughs> don't push your luck. Don't make me school you, boy. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's the best Gorilla Mode flavor? Uh, I would say Crush. Yeah, I like Crush. Yeah, Denial and uh, Mark Ball podcast. And Elite FTS was good too, man. And and uh, Chase Iron sitting there, um, even though our camera guy did get a little bit tired of holding the camera for like four hours straight. So the footage is a little bit emotional. <laughs> it's a little bit like all over the place. But the footage I took today at Cheesecake Factory is pretty uh, emotional also. Um, so uh, right, I'm not a, a good vlogger. I have this on the tripod right here, so it's nice and stationary. But vlogging with the camera here and then thinking about oh is it focusing on my face or is it focusing on the background and right I'm, I'm not a pro that's why most of these vloggers have a camera guy to operate that fucking thing yeah all right where are we mm -mm -mm. sorry Chatting with the crew. Oh, okay. You don't have to answer these questions. All right. I thought you were asking me, dude. So we made a bet, right? So we made a bet. And we're almost getting at the end now. We I made a bet with the, the members that we were going to get, uh, let's see, uh, MK677 questions, which we didn't get. TB500 questions, which we did get and uh, uh basic trt questions that we also get so we're all we're one mk677 uh question short which I'd, i would expect to come or maybe i scrolled over it <laughs> so you guys owe me 20 dollars already uh here side effects of tb500 to bpc157 uh I don't think that there's any side effects unless you use them very, very long and you have cancer lingering in the background and then the cancer is growing faster because uh, the angiogenesis. But I think these compounds are pretty side effect free besides that you have to pin them locally. So you do create a little bit of scar tissue and BPC-157 can cause a little bit of post-injection pain. Um, I think they're reasonably side effect free. Um, yeah, uh, they cost money. That's a side effect. Yeah, that's a side effect. Live stream bingo, yeah, yeah. So we we didn't get the MK six seven question, uh, MK six seven seven question yet, but we're down two out of three. <laughs> uh, let's see, which form of growth hormone spikes more IGF one IV of intramuscular? Um, if IV then do more blood tests for higher IGF one levels, jab IV. So the weird thing is. Like I've seen on people's blood work where they use like very high dosages of growth hormone in a single shot, like eight IUs, that the IGF-1 goes wild. And then you do the literature, the scientific evidence uh, research, and it seems that multiple dose, multiple spikes of growth hormone um, raises uh, serum IGF-1 levels the most. And that a single high dose just doesn't do that. So experience, scientific evidence, 
I don't know, like IV growth hormone, I, I, I looked into it a lot. I included it, um, you know, originally in the IGF-1 uh, or in the growth hormone ebook because a lot of the Arab and Indian uh, bodybuilders that I was doing uh, coaching for were uh, swore by it. So I'm like, okay, fine. If you guys want to do it and you swear by it, right? I'm not going to tell you, no, don't do IV uh, growth hormone. And those guys were pretty freaky big, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the conventional administration is intramuscular or sub-Q. I don't think that there's any benefit of doing IV administrations. Um, but I can't... Did I see blood work on IV? I mean, I've done IV myself, but it doesn't raise IGF-1 uh, right away. I mean, if you take two IU's growth hormone IV to check the potency, it's like 80 to 100 nanograms per milliliter, you know? So that that's super, super high. And it's yeah, it's definitely not for a beginner. Even though those, uh, what, the 31-gauge needles, I mean, you barely feel when it goes in. When you take it out, there's no blood because it closes right away. So it's it's pretty easy to do IV administrations that way. Uh, albeit that sometimes if you press down, you let go before you draw the needle out, then a little bit of blood comes back, and then you literally see all your growth hormone denature. <laughs> <laughs> you see it there in cloudy, and you're like, oh, fuck. There goes my growth hormone pen. All right, where are we? Uh, what are your opinions on pyrolutamide phase three uh, results? I, I didn't research that. What is pyrolutamide? Pyrolutamide. Don't tell me that's a SARM. I was a non-steroidal anti-androgen. <laughs> I was like, I didn't mean, I didn't read over about this. I have no idea, man. I, I've never heard about this compound. Non-steroidal anti-androgen. Phase two clinical trial, androgenic alopecia. Oh, no, I, don't, I, I barely research about that, dude. It's uh, not within my scope of interest. I will do a hair loss deep dive eventually, but low on the priority list. Yes, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, IV injections indeed are a different game, man. Um, directly into the vein, Jesus Christ is scary. I mean, I, I've done uh, many a um, IV, uh, what is it called? Furosemite, Lasix injections in my uh, decade uh, plus of coaching. Um, you know, and that works within 17 minutes. <laughs> 17 minutes it works dude uh yeah and uh, so i'm not i'm not unfamiliar with it man i mean i do iv administrations for the nad plus and the glutathione and the vitamin c i i don't like the feeling at all i think it's painful i think it's cumbersome right uh, of course if you use um you know one of those butterfly uh, not butterfly that's with uh, the 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 plastic one man what is it called the catheter one the catheter the plastic catheter then it's pretty pain-free uh, but still, you know, it's not a fun administration. Uh, but yeah, sometimes it's uh, sometimes you have to get your hands dirty. But I don't think you have to get your hands dirty for growth hormone, dude. I would rather do growth hormone intramuscular and and potentially uh, cause some uh, autocrine uh, IGF one secretion over doing it IV and do everything systemic and then potentially grow your organs. I have to think. If I think about those Iranians and Indians that were taking IV growth hormone. Not too bad. 
like when you're like 110 kilos 115 kilos on stage i mean how flat is your stomach going to be right uh yeah minoxidil toxicity is not only toxic to cats too but also to humans i mean so many people have issues with minoxidil especially if they go high potency um and again minoxidil and ketoconazole are all uh, inhibiting uh, various steps of uh what is it called um the sex hormone cascade the neurosteroid cascade i mean i made that video about what uh, neurosteroid and sex hormone uh, inhibition so i can't remember off the top of my head which steps minoxidil and ketoconazole inhibit but i know that ketoconazole is a 5-alpha-reductase inhibitor and an uh, aromatase inhibitor uh was that true or minoxidil was a no i think they inhibit multiple steps yeah so i mean i Hair loss is, is, you know, it's pretty brutal if you have to manage it. So many things you have to research, but I haven't really researched into it because well, I obviously don't give a shit. <laughs> I would rather be bald, dude, and I don't have to trim this like three times a week. Nicholas, what's up, dude? How's your stomach? <laughs> Nicholas was also there at the Cheesecake Factory Fun. Yeah. How's your stomach now? Man, we fucking slayed that place. That was Paul Burnett's... Uh... You want to join in? Nick, you want to join in the last 10 minutes? It feels empty. <laughs> Let me send you the invite link. And people can see your your big fat face also here. Uh, let's see. I've got WhatsApp here. I'll send it to you on Instagram. Let's see, Nick. And we'll do the the review, and then we're going to close it off. There you go. Feel free to join in. Oh, I'm on my phone. All right. Never mind then. <laughs> Next time. Yeah, dude, just join, join in. That's fine. I got my, uh, my thing here. See you in a bit. We'll talk about Cheesecake Factory. All right, guys, no more super chats. Uh, let's see where's the last super chat there we go uh should i be worried about high monocytes well it could indicate that you have an infection um and if it's chronic then uh i hate to say cancer but it is correlated to chronically elevated white blood cells and monocytes so i don't know do some research and then uh, and and maybe discuss that with a doctor you know What did you enjoy more, coaching or competing? Well, I never competed myself, <laughs> but people ask for coaching, so I, uh, I was like, well, I'm, I'm good at it, so might as well help. I didn't get paid for it, but I did enjoy uh, coaching. Yeah, coaching was fun, but I didn't enjoy coaching everybody. Uh, you have your favorites, you have your people that you just have to go through to make money. Um, 
so yeah if i have if the choice is between coaching and competing it's coaching because i didn't compete yeah and don't say you should compete to coach uh if people ask for it and i get results and are people willing to pay for me uh, for it then what am i going to say no i mean chad nichols is not saying no you never competed either and he at one point in time he's he was the best does Nick live, live close to you in Thailand? Uh, not far, yeah, maybe five, ten minutes. Yeah, five, ten minutes. Not too far. I mean, everybody kind of lives around the muscle factory, right? Every time I feel happiness, I remember I live in Canada. I mean, you guys are, that, that place is turning into a fucking police state. Jesus Christ. And I thought Australia was bad. But, uh, well, watch the video uh, Blueprint for Financial Freedom. Follow through with it. A lot of people are showing up to Thailand that, uh, that are coming. Oh, no. I'm keen to jump on next time. I give the bathroom up to the fiance as I had her on the couch downstairs while on the podcast. All right. <laughs> all right. Too much information, but that's all right. We'll meet you next time. No worries, Nick. <laughs> I could be stuck in Europe. Yeah. Man, Europe is also done. Last time I went to Holland, man. Jesus Christ. Well, and now the economy is bad, so it's uh, it's gonna get worse before it gets better, guys. Oh, in the bad bedroom. Ah, all right, all right, okay, cool. All right, guys, uh, let's do one more super chat, and then we're uh, gonna close it up. Uh, what dose and frequency would you suggest for HMG and cycle for making PCT easier, or as monotherapy? Bad side effects from HCG. Uh, in that case, I would do seventy-five IUs three times a week. Yeah, 75 IOs three times a week. So keep in mind, I think HCG, I mean, HCG can interact with the luteinizing hormone chorionogonadotropin receptors in the brain as well. And it could be a neurotransmitter imbalance. So look into something like Cimax or Cerebralisin. I think some people get relief after running a Cimax for about a month through the neurogenesis. And then they can run uh, HCG uh, again. I'm not exactly sure what mechanism it is. I'll have to look into it because, of course, you know, some people get bad side effects like anxiety or insomnia or uh, just headaches from the HCG. So Cimax uh, seems to be able to resolve that, right, in some people. But the, the, the sample size of that is, is less than five people. So look into that. Uh, not exactly sure how it works, but it might be uh, worth looking into it. Yeah. Last one. How's the ACG fertility protocol doing? So my fertility parameters are absolutely fucking stellar, but my wife is 40 and I'm 40, so it might take some time. Uh, after being on and off cycle for years, looking for hope fertility-wise, looking to use ACG on cycle as well going forward. So from all the guys that I talk to, their fertility parameters usually come back to pretty good levels within six months. I mean, uh, or, or maybe nine months. You know, some guys take it a little bit longer than others. Uh, we had that uh, conversation with Andrew Wingy. Our wingy from uh, man medicine it took him years to get his fertility parameters back and and it took a long time for chase Arndt's fertility parameters to come back but you know the large majority of the people that i talked to um 
their fertility parameters come back quite favorably within six months, let's say, on an HCG protocol, then they can take the testosterone out. And then it kind of depends on how old you are and how healthy your wife is. Because just because your fertility parameters came back uh, doesn't mean you get your wife pregnant right away, <laughs> especially if you're older. So we've been trying now for six months and I uh, set a timeline for a year to, you know, two years. And then, uh, and then after that, um, you know, might have to consider IVF, but you know, I, I, I bodybuilded for 25 years. Um, even though I miss TRT, it's not the end of the world, right? My testosterone levels are still quite good. Uh, but yeah, if, if my testosterone levels were like shit right now, then I, of course I'd feel upset and miserable, but I'm, I'm kicking ass chewing bubble gum and I'm still quite strong in the gym. So at least if that's sustained, then, uh, then we can proceed as, 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 as forward. Yeah. But like you're, you're, your fertility is just as important to check as her fertility, right? And, and that means, uh, you know, ultrasound in the vagina and checking your uh, hormone levels and doing the LH and FSH and HCG uh, tests, you know, when, when the time is right, like LH to check ovulation and the uh, FSH levels around the time of ovulation through blood work, LH you can do with a urine strip. And then HCG, uh, you know, when, uh, when she's late and then you test and then uh, hopefully HCG is up and then she is, uh, you know, in the early stages of pregnancy. So, yeah. All right. What is uh, here? Oh, before the stream closes, I got two new kittens, Steve. You inspired me. Okay. Look in Instagram DMs. Oh, let's have a look. Uh, orange one is Clementine and the gray is Simba. Uh, where are you? Fuck yeah, dude. Shit makes me happy. Uh, let me go into the app because uh, the picture is not loading. Too fucking cute, dude. I'm going to show this one. This one's the greatest. Look at that. Look at how fucking cute these cats are. Why is it so blurry, man? Jesus. Focus. All right. Well, they look cute. They got too much hair for my liking. <laughs> right, if it ain't bald, I'm not touching it. <laughs> if it ain't bald, man. No, but good, good work on you, dude. And it's it's good to get two because they play together a lot. And uh, and then they they don't tire you out, but they tire each other out. And then they were when they're ready for bed. Uh, do yourself a favor, right? You got one of these, one of these little nests, right? This one. Put that like in your bed. Put one in your bed. Yeah, it, that's the best thing ever. So you go to bed, and then you know I go to bed at four o'clock, right? No, this is the last story, yeah, and then we're gonna close it off. <laughs> so. Uh, I go to bed at like four o'clock and then on both sides of the bed, I have cats and in the middle, that's a kid. I have a picture of kid and this guy, he purrs like a fucking retard. Uh, so I go to bed and then I give him a little pet. I give all the cats uh, pets when I come back, uh, or ba back to bed, just to kind of, you know, positive affirmation that daddy is coming home. Where are my cat pictures? Hmm. Such a bad father. Don't have any pictures of my my kids. <laughs> anyway, so I, I come to bed and then I uh, pet all the cats a little bit, and then uh, and then I uh, pet the 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 cat that is like in between me and my wife. Uh, 
Uh, that's why she's not pregnant yet because we can't have sex because uh, the, the the bedroom is completely overtaken with cats. Look at me! Look how cute this guy is. Man, it's not focused at all. So this the front one. This kid. And his his skin feels like shark skin. So you pet him and it feels like a little bit rough. And then he starts purring like a crazy maniac. And then I can fall asleep. It's great. Okay, guys, that was the end of the, the live stream. Sorry for going off topic. Cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> what, you're a dog guy? Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. All right, guys, let's close it off. Yeah, much appreciated, Mike. What are you putting on your head? Is that minoxidil? Guys, let's say, uh, let's. I'll see you guys next week. Uh, let's see. On Saturday the 30th. So that's one, two, three. Uh, that's like the end of the year. Uh, should we get drunk? Should we all get drunk at the end of the year on the live stream? I know it's very early in the United States, but it's midnight for me. Should we uh, do a little bit of celebrate? Bring out the booze? <laughs> is that around time of ovulation? No, it is not. All right. All right. All right, so we might do a boozerous uh, figure screen. Is boozerous, boozerous, is that a word? Boozerous. Boozerous delivery. Booze are us. <laughs> America. <laughs> Fucking great. <laughs> All right, end of the year, Saturday, December 30th. Um, whip out your liquor. I wish I could smoke a cigar here. Maybe I should move this entire setup to outside and you guys can see my cats. All right, let's see what I can make happen. Um, but then everything I say on camera, you can't hold against me, okay? Because once once the alcohol starts flowing, uh, I get fucking ballsy. And then I might have to uh, set it private. So you show up so you can watch. <laughs> and then if I go fucking ham, and I, I, I sit here half drunk, smoking cigars outside on the front porch, surrounded by Tiger and the uh, Ninja, our outside street cats. Then, uh, yeah, don't hold it against me, okay? Vigorous booze party. Okay, uh, let's make it happen. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. Okay, guys, for now, we're out of time. Thank you guys so much for joining. Uh, we'll see you next weekend. And then... Uh, yeah, let's bring on some more MK677 questions, right? You guys owe me 20 bucks. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>